Hey guys, just wanted to begin the episode with a quick disclaimer that the audio on the first half of this episode isn't great, uh, but we didn't really want to re-record everything. There was a little bit of crosstalk uh, between Chris and I. We, we tend to talk over each other a lot, but stick with it. You know, I think it's a fun episode. You know, obviously we're both very passionate about this topic. And stick around for the second half of the episode where we talk about some of the more recent MCU entries, as well as an artist spotlight on Darwin Cook and our essential reads on The Incredible Hulk. Joining me is Eric Slater. My name is Chris Carroll, and this is Comic Zombie. I freeze. I'm Batman. I am the of the Juggernaut, bitch! Oh, is ready. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate a wheel. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Comic Zombie. I am your host Chris, with me as usual is my co-host Eric. Eric, how you doing? Yo. So we are here today to talk about um, a couple of little things, but mostly we wanted to, to kind of do a, uh, I guess a retrospective would be yeah. the word. Retrospective is a good word, I think. Yeah, on on the ultimate Marvel comics, the, line, the, the publishing line Marvel created in the early 2000s. Uh, that consisted originally of Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, and The Ultimates, which is essentially Ultimate Avengers, and is the reason that an Avengers movie got made, really. It really is. Uh, or at least the, it was made looking the way it did. Yeah. But it heavily influenced the MCU, and later they added some other books, most notably was Ultimate Fantastic Four. And for a few years there, yeah. The Ultimate Books was where it was at. If you wanted to read like the hot comics at the time, it was The Ultimate Marvel. This was uh, early 2000s. We're talking like post 9-11. Like this was a really interesting. Marvel bankruptcy. Yeah, this was kind of on the rebound Marvel. This is a really interesting time, not only for the world, but for Marvel Comics as well. Um, and what they were trying to do was try to kind of reinvigorate interest in comics. And they decided because there was all this canon that had built up over the years since the 60s and Marvel's been really awesome about like kind of building on what's come before but they were kind of worried that it might be a bit much for new readers to jump in and they had, they had really lost the yeah. lost the train or whatever you want yeah, you with a lot that. of their major characters mm-hmm. like nobody was buying Captain America nobody was yeah. buying Iron Man nobody was buying Hulk nobody was buying Thor yeah. nobody was buying Avengers yeah. Nobody was buying Fantastic Four. Right. It was like, Jesus Christ, if yeah. it wasn't Spider-Man or Wolverine yeah. or Ghost Rider or Punisher, mm-hmm. like nobody was buying it. And, yeah. uh, or they, I mean, they were buying it, but not in the numbers that Marvel thought right. they needed. So they tried some other things. Like They tried literally leasing their characters out to uh, Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee. Oh, shit. And yeah. what was called Heroes Reborn, and it's just trash. <laughs> no wonder I've uh, never heard of the, it. The Jim Lee FF is actually pretty cool. Cause it's is it? Jim Lee doing the Fantastic oh, Four. Oh, that's cool. And for like 12 issues, he's just throwing everything he likes about the Fantastic Four in there. That's awesome. Um, so you get to see like Jim Lee's Doctor Doom and Super Scroll yeah. and the Mole Man and Galactus and the Silver Oh, that's Surfer cool. <laughs> by Jim fucking Lee. Yeah, I didn't realize like, he ever... 90s Jim Lee. Wow. It's really cool. That the sounds awesome. The story isn't amazing, mm. but the art is... The art makes up for it. Conversely, like, yeah. uh, his Iron Man, which is like his studio is making, is, yeah. is pretty good because they yeah. got like a decent writer on it. Sure. Uh, but Captain America and Avengers got farmed out to Rob Liefeld. Ooh. And oh, that's where that horrible art comes yep, from. <laughs> yep, that's it. And it's really bad. And yeah. so the uh, 
Any, any. I think bump? we posted that as a WTF yeah, moment. I think you're right. And if we didn't, we should have. Yeah. Um, it's like anatomically impossible, Captain America. His chest is like three feet out. It's horrendous. His head looks tiny. If you it's wanna, awful. If, you, if you're not familiar, you probably are. But if you're not familiar with the image, just go to Google Images and just search Captain America Liefeld. L-I-E-F like Frank, E-L-D like David. Yep. And you'll laugh your fucking ass off. It's amazing. It's one of the worst drawings I've ever seen. It's so good. It got published by a major publisher. Right. It's like, how did this pass? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, especially a guy who's like sold millions of books. Uh, but yeah, yeah so the, it didn't do so great. And um, they later on kind of realized their mistake and tried some other things and brought, you know, brought sure. it back to, but the, the interest to kind of taking a big hit. And yeah. At that point, you would talk about like the nineties were not mm. kind to comics as far as the no. continuity. Everything got very yeah. convoluted all when the time. everything got like, there was a lot of stuff that got super dark and some of it was like, maybe shouldn't have gone that dark yeah. with certain characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, they just kind of like broke some characters. Yeah, they really did. And so while the main, while Joe Casada mm. was kind of like piece by piece, like mm. picking corners of the main Marvel universe. To yeah. Quote unquote fix. Yeah. And then, which he, he did, by the way, credit and oh, yeah. fixed Marvel. Like he really did believe. Was uh, that with the Marvel Knights stuff? Cause that was yeah, around the same time. Yeah. Though, and we've he talked about, he launched Marvel Knights. We've talked about a lot of those stories on this show and the they're is, so good. Yeah. yeah. That the Marvel Knights job he did was what got him the job as Marvel's editor. Definitely. And, um, before he was editor in chief, a guy named Bill Jamis was running the show. And Bill oh, Jamis yeah, yeah. had the idea what if we kind of relaunched some of these books, not yeah. at the expense of yeah. Amazing Spider-Man, Uncanny X-Men, sure. Avengers, Fantastic Four, yeah. books we've been publishing since like 1962. Yeah. But in addition to, yeah. what if we created this side of universal characters where instead of Peter Parker's bitten by a radioactive spider, what's the modern day equivalent of right. these genetically were... engineered spider? Exactly. And this, instead of superheroes being created by radioactive accidents and shit like that, they're... Yeah. Super soldier experiments. Right. They're genetic engineering experiments. They were basically saying, what if Stan Lee was making these comics yes. today? They wanted to do a very modernized take on a lot of these characters, which meant tweaking them slightly here and there, in some cases in big ways, as we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really a, a clever approach, but it's funny. We say modernized and this is 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So it's very, but, very but outdated is, at this parts point. Parts of it are parts yeah. of the, like the, the origin. But the thing is the way the books are made yeah. is not. Yeah. They aged incredibly well. The yeah. first few years of the ultimate universe. For sure. Yeah. The first Still few years. Up, like they would come out today for well, the most part, a couple of little like, like writing things. Maybe sure. you have to keep in mind, um, Miller and Mark Miller, who's huge now. I mean, the guy made kick ass yeah, and, yeah. He did Marvel's Civil War and Old mm -hmm. Man Logan, and he's yeah, uh, he's made right. his own line of comics that have made oh yeah tons of money. Like the guy's made a shit wanted yeah, he made a shit ton of stuff. Brian yeah. Bendis became Marvel's biggest writer maybe ever. He did so many story I arcs. Stan, like I think yeah. Brian might have touched more corners of Marvel than anyone. But Stan I think Lee. so. Yeah, it had like a he was on those books for like ten more more years. It he was a long time. Ultimate Spider-Man longer than anyone's ever written a Marvel book. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he ever beat Peter David on Hulk, but if he didn't, he came really fucking close. I think Probably. he did. Um, but yeah, so Bendis and Mark Miller were interesting choices to launch the titles with because oh, they're totally. very. Neither one were well known. Miller had worked on some DC stuff. They are now. Some, oh yeah, <laughs> some DC stuff and some stuff for like uh, yeah. um, the Authority. Mm -hmm. And Bendis had done like independent books mm. and, and yeah. stuff with David Mack and everything for and, sure. So Bendis brought an independent creator's mindset yeah. 
and a playwright's mindset. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it works so fucking well. It was perfect, man. And he is as respectful to Stan Lee as there's ever. I mean, the guy loves Stan. Yeah, yeah. Worships at the altar of Stan Lee. For sure. And so it's never. It stays really true to those storylines, but he expands on them. Yeah. Like, like, like for instance, it's very different chronologically. He doesn't just copy like the original. What's the point of that? No, no, no. So like Kingpin shows up really early on. Like Like volume two. Really early on. (laughs) Um, And and they're very different characters in some ways, but very similar in others. Um, It almost, it almost approaches these storylines like movies in a way. Because or a TV show, uh, yeah, maybe a TV for show is a better Spider Man. I think it's a TV show, yeah, definitely. For Ultimates and Ultimate X Men movie, for sure, for sure, for it's sure. A, but that's Bendis is, yeah, he, he's a writer's writer, he, he is, he studies writing, definitely. He studies David Mamet and playwrights yeah. and, and TV writers, yeah, because that's he's a student of it. It's Martin all Miller about the dialogue, he's a visual storyteller, yeah, you're right. He he tells stories the way like he he does cinematic storytelling. Oh yeah. And when you have artists you like both Hubert them. Brothers and Brian Hitch mm. doing his books, they're like massive blockbuster yeah. films. Without a doubt. With no budget. Yeah, exactly. And they work incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, but they it wouldn't have worked if mm. they swapped it that way. I if agree. If Bendis tried to write that style of book on mm. Ultimate X-Men no. and Miller tried that style of book on Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. they probably would have sold well. Yeah. And would have been well regarded. It wouldn't be the but same thing. They wouldn't thing. have had the impact that they had. Yeah, they wouldn't definitely. still be like talked about. Yeah. You know, so they're great. So I guess I should start by saying this was kind of my end to comics in a very big way. It's one of the things that brought me back in Preacher, yeah. Transmetropolitan, and Ultimate Marvel. And then I, I found this Rosinski <laughs> Spider Man and the Bendis Daredevil sure. and then Grant Morrison, New X Men, and, yeah. and all that. And Greg Ruck is Batman. For sure. But it was. Ultimate Spider-Man and Preacher that that really brought me back after like a three or four year hiatus in the 90s. So I was like 12 or 13 when these first started coming out. So I was a perfect age for these. You were the target. And I really was the target audience and it worked like a charm. Like I was sold. I I ended up getting everything Ultimate Marvel. It was my jam at the time. We've both worked in comic book stores. Yes. And I was working in one when they were still like ultimate peter parker was still around yeah that's right wasn't around yet ultimates 2 was still being published that was good so it's peak yeah ultimate marvel we'll get into that in a second bookstore and everybody was buying those books yeah i mean all of our well, customers. If you, if you look at the sales, like Ultimate Marvel was outselling the regular books at yeah, the time. And, the, and it didn't when it at stopped, least at first that's when they stopped doing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's when they were still trying to fix the main Marvel books and yeah. figure out takes on these characters that worked for like a new for century sure. and everything. But Ultimate really, I think, impacted not so much the way some of these characters were portrayed, sure. but the way they told the story. Oh, definitely. It, it, the impl- biggest impact. it influenced comics across the board. Totally agree. You can which, see Ultimate's influence everywhere. Yeah, and um, it's hard to it's it's hard to kind of explain that without going back and seeing what comics were like prior to this, and then what comics are like after this. But there was definitely a shift. I'm, and one I'm, of the big things I think was that first volume or the first several issues of Ultimate Spider-Man by Bagley and uh, Bendis, Bendis uh, <laughs> because they took that origin story of Spider-Man, the one we all know, and he split it 
into a story arc instead of one single issue instead of it was six pages yeah. it's 150 yeah and it worked and it out breathes, brilliant it plays like a movie and another thing i loved about what they did with those early ultimate spider-man issues is they tied a lot of the villains together now some people like that some people don't but i thought it was really clever because uh doc ock worked for oscorp like all that stuff really all, worked almost all the main like quote-unquote sinister six villains are tied to oscorp yeah which i thought was like kind of it's a clever smart thing. Yeah. i it it, it because again, they're yeah. looking at it like, what if these were movies? Yeah, what if exactly. This was a TV show. That's yeah, what yeah. you would do. Yeah, yeah. Because everything has to kind of be tied together you in some way. Building you know? new sets and shit. Exactly. They come from <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but no, so. it's it's it. I, I mean, it really, really, really. Ultimate Spider-Man's the the bell cow for That's sure. The, that book was fucking incredible. It really for was. Like and it was 120 something issues. Yeah. Bagley stayed on the title for. Yeah. They broke Stanley and Jack Kirby's record for an insane on amount. Yeah. And every single one of those issues, I would I think he did 110 great. issues. Oh, and the record yeah. before that was 103. Something like that. Yeah. It's and they replaced him with Stuart Iman, who's like one of the greatest comic book artists that's sure. ever lived. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of closed out the Peter Parker story. Yeah. Until David Marquez, I think, whatever. Uh, yeah. But they replaced Peter with Miles Morales. Now, yeah. At this years point, later. Years at later. At this point with Miles, the Ultimate books were no longer outselling the the regular yeah. books. They had kind of they had kind of fixed the Marvel universe yeah. and and the A list talent like Bendis has moved from Ultimates. To the uh, mainstream. The mostly to doing like Avengers. 616. And he was still writing Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. But everyone else that launched had moved on. Mark Miller That's right. was writing Wolverine and it was yeah. launching Millerverse and all this yeah. stuff. Like he was move, becoming like a movie producer. For sure. And the Cubit brothers were doing like Wolverine and, yeah. and uh, uh, fucking Captain America and Iron right. Man. Like they were doing the big at this point movie star character. That's right. Like at this point the MCU had launched. Right. And yeah. So you're right. Changed things. Oh and, yeah. Um, Definitely changed the dynamic quite a bit. When that happened around the same time right before that happened we had ultimates volume three and i think that's really where the sheen kind of started yeah it's where mark miller and brian hitch did ultimates volume one which is incredible it really was ultimates volume two which might be the greatest sequel ever made it's fucking nuts i it's hard to oh you just gotta read it you just gotta read it it's one of the best avengers storylines it's one of the best marvel comics ever ultimates two there's so many great reveals you have to read them together there's a lot of crazy ass twists but it worked really well, and it, I, it was all it all felt. I love how like you it, can't tell if Thor's really a god or if he's crazy. Well, until the end. Until, well, until you're revealed. Yeah, until you get that question yeah. answered pretty emphatically. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. fucking great. It's and, the greatest. Um, yeah. Ultimates three, they switched. Mark Miller had left to go write Wolverine, and um, instead of Mark Miller, Jeff Loeb was on the book. And that was the day the Ultimate Universe died was, in our hearts. That was when Ultimate <laughs> Universe got sick. <laughs> yeah. um, where Ultimates one That's what it got the terminal diagnosis. Whereas Ultimates one and two are, I don't want to go so far as say James Cameron action movies. They're John yeah. McTiernan action movies. Then they're, maybe that's a better they're Shane Black action movies. Yes. They're they're Richard Donner action movies. Ultimates yeah. three is Michael Bay. Yes. It's it's where they're right out the it's, gate. It's as subtle as a sledgehammer to the ball sack. And I was. <laughs> It's fucking terrible. I remember picking up that issue, being so issue excited, one. and first page so disappointed. Yep, right away, it's fucking awful. Because this, all the cool everything they established are immediately thrown out the window for heavy-handed nonsense. The art style was just—it's such weird a because it's, step it's, down. It, well, it's, it's the storytelling right away was like this doesn't feel right. It, it was and then not the, the right team for that book. The choices they made. Right out the gate. Yeah, first couple pages, you're wrong. like, is this a joke? Yep. 
There's no way. This must be an April Fool's issue, right? Hey, it's just, it's, I love Jeff Loeb. We got to no, talk about the, the big elephant in the room here. The, right? the incest line. <laughs> yes, what the, the Mark fuck? Miller had made the these whole jokes. Line. There's jokes. Yes. Jokes. Yeah, jokes. Because Pietro, Quicksilver, yes. was so overprotective of Wanda, the Scarlet yeah. Witch. Yeah. Especially when she was making all these jokes about the robots right. around the whatever. Um, so in normal comics, so, can. So, so Tony made a joke about Quicksilver maybe being into Wanda, and it was a joke. He yeah, was yeah. making fun of Pietro yeah. being overprotective. Yeah. In Ultimates Three, a sex tape of Wanda and Pietro is leaked <laughs> because they've been fucking. And Tony's like, "Well, they're twins and they love each other." And the Wasp like makes a case that they should be allowed to be a couple. Oh my god! Because they're in love. Yeah. It doesn't was... matter that they're twins. <laughs> so wrong. Like they're almost genetic duplicates and they're boning. Like yeah. what the fuck? It's so heavy handed and terrible. It's disturbing. And then they said, well, you've almost ruined the ultimate universe. Instead of cutting this done. <laughs> yeah. Let's give you the big first big crossover event. Mm. There had been some little crossover sure. miniseries. They did one like Ultimate War. That yeah, Mark there was Miller the one did. with the Galactus and well, uh, Vision. Mark I... Miller did Ultimate War, which is the first was X Men versus right. the Ultimate. The Ultimate yeah, yeah, yeah. called in to take down the X Men because Magneto, I loved that. They're framed as being Magneto's yeah. accomplices, and Magneto fucks the Ultimates up. There was another one, uh, Ulti- the Ultimate Six. Yeah, it was well, a, it was, was a sinister was six storyline, but well, the Ultimates, no, yeah, the Ultimates, were, in it. The yeah, Ultimates right. were a big part of it. So yeah, first the Sinister Five, and they yeah. made Peter the sixth member yeah. against his will. They they forced they blackmail him to, Peter yeah. to be the sixth member. It was a great storyline. Yeah, uh, and then they did a thing called Ultimate Power, which was interesting, but didn't yeah. really work. It was yeah, the it Ultimate Universe in the Supreme Power Universe, which was yeah, it was a cool a concept of the right. Squadron Supreme. It's which was a DC. It's a whole thing in and of itself. A retelling of Justice League. It's weird. Yeah. The first big that one didn't quite work. Was called Ultimatum. Yes, and this was everyone in the Ultimate Universe, and it was yep. Jeff Loeb and David Finch. We're gonna reset the Marvel Universe. And honestly, I was excited about it. Sounded it sounded cool. Yeah, I was like, okay, Ultimates three kind of sucked. Yeah, but maybe they can make it better. Maybe they can uh, and bounce Finch, back. Finch had been doing a lot of Ultimate X Men, so right. he like felt like an Ultimate artist. And they put out these great posters. Like the art looked fantastic. And the, the premise was Magneto. It had every character you can imagine. You and know. the premise is Magneto does something he'd been threatening to do because Ultimate Magneto is well, a straight up terrorist. He gets a hold. Yeah, we should probably point that out. Ultimate Magneto is terrifying. He's a, he's a straight up terrorist. Yeah, he, he, he wants to destroy the world basically, and he yeah. tilts. The Earth's axis. He gets a hold of Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Well, that's yeah, but that's point. not. Well, oh, but that yeah, was but that, basically, what causes I think all that's the what fucked he up used shit to, I don't know. is no. He uses his powers. He's been trying to do it before, but the yeah. X Men stopped him. Yeah, yeah. Because it takes him a long time. Okay. But he tilted the Earth's axis or some shit. To yeah. the, not to the point where like it killed us all, but like it caused massive flooding. Right. Then Thor, the Ultimates are brought uh, brought in to take him out. But yeah. like the first time they fought him back in Ultimate War, he right. fucking kicks their asses. Yeah. Because he's Ultimate Magneto and he's like yeah insane. He's P, yeah. And when Thor throws Mjolnir at him, he just uses his power to grab it. Yep. And hold it. Like yep. it's his power allows him to hold it. That's right. That's right. He uses it to call down storms and like floods New York City. Doesn't like, he kill someone with the hammer too? He kills a bunch of people. And he dude. he like, we he fucking kills Wolverine, doesn't he? He kills Wolverine and uh Cyclops' head gets blown off by a sniper. The blob eats God. the wasp. And that's... We, and, and Giant is... Man eats the blob. And uh, dozens of... Daredevil murders. gets Daredevil's his... Murdered. He gets stomped on, I think. or something. And then and... Doctor Strange is, like, strangled in yeah. a really horrific way. So, the, as you can tell, we're not really pleased with how this turned it's out. It's horrible. Yeah, it, it's... And it's not horrible just because these characters died. They died with little to no reason. Yeah. 
it's senseless. It's, it's senseless violence. It's just gross. Yeah, it started it's really out. Tacky. It's, it's like a Rob Zombie Halloween movie. The it's, it's he, shitty. Uh, <laughs> Profe- Magneto straight up kills Professor X, which yeah. is very out of character too. And yeah. there's all kinds of weird shit. It's in even this out book. of character for Ultimate Magneto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, which is um, saying something. Well, no, not really, because yeah. he try he hires Wolverine to kill Professor. Oh, that's Rose. right. Yeah. yeah, I take that back. Okay, fair enough. Magneto, like yeah. Ultimate Magneto is a cock, but <laughs> sucks. Um, but he's also terrifying. He's a great villain. There's he's a great more like Doctor Doom. What? This reminds me of something I mentioned a long time ago that yeah. I started to mention, and I uh, like episode like twenty episodes ago. Sure, I started to mention it, and then I got sidetracked to stop mentioning. Sorry. In, in that Ultimate War crossover, when we talked about yeah. Ultimate Magneto in our our alternate universes. I think oh, it's like that's two right. Or three. Yeah. Um. In Ultimate War, there's a bit where Magneto is like releases a video mm. where he's like, I'm about to fucking kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. But he says in that video, this feels ridiculous. Mm. It feels like I'm conversing with an earthworm mm. or a flea. That's right. And that's how Magneto views humans in the Ultimate <laughs> yeah. Universe. So he's disturbing. legit, like as, as Dr. Doom is the most scary dude on Earth yeah. in the regular MCU. 616, yeah. Magneto is that in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, he he's really is. fucking terrifying. Yeah. But Ultimatum had the potential to be super fucking cool. It's Agreed. everyone versus Magneto and his brotherhood. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to that point, those have been established as pretty cool characters. Right. Ultimatum kills everybody you liked. Yeah. And it, resets the Ultimate Universe to a place nobody wanted to read. Basically, yeah. It, <sighs> it not only ruined Ultimate X-Men, it just ruined the entire Ultimate it line. It ruined Spider-Man a little to bit. To be fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say or... Ultimate Spider-Man was definitely stained by it, but that one continued to kind of limp on Bendis for a while. Yeah, because he, Bendis was great. And then he got rid of Peter to keep the book around for a while. Uh, the only it, positive I have post-Ultimatum, it's the only thing I read. Yeah. Is Jonathan Hickman stuff on Ultimate Thor and Ultimate Avengers? Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, he did an Ultimate Avengers. Wait, Ultimate Avengers? Yeah, he did the Ultimate Avengers with Captain America's kid as the Red oh, Skull. Yeah, I think no, he didn't do that. Was that he the one did, where he did the? Was that the one where Cap became president? Because no, that was kind of ridiculous. I think he did the thing after when Cap was president. After yeah. that, I think that last arc. Yeah, Ultimate's four, I think. It, or five, maybe. Yeah. I think he did that, but he did the yeah. Ultimate Thor miniseries, which is so good. Yeah. Well, they um, did they did some like origin issues, which I thought were really good. Hickman did some really cool ultimate stuff, and yeah. he set up the ultimate regular MCU crossover he did in that's right MCU Marvel Universe. In, yeah, yeah. In Secret Wars, which is really fucking which cool. was great. Yeah, yeah. really. So, great. so what was cool is we got miles out of that. You know, yeah, we got so, miles out of the ultimate universe and into the mainstream, which I guess leads me to like what we got. Uh, besides a bunch of kick-ass comic books. Yeah. From the... Like Ultimate we said, Universe. the first few years of Ultimate Comics were great. Yeah. yeah. Besides their heavy influence on the MCU, and it's heavy. Oh, yeah. And the Spider-Man movies and the Especially with the Ultimates. Like, go read the Ultimates and then go watch the Avengers. Yeah. Like, there's a um, lot of parallels. Well, the biggest thing is yeah. they designed Ultimate Nick Fury to look like Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. <laughs> it's way before the movies. Mm-hmm. Because Mark Miller and Brian Hitch wanted... Because yeah. right, original Nick Fury was... Um, Jack Kirby and Stan both fought in World War II. Yeah. And so Jack Kirby designed Nick Fury to be uh, like Sergeant Rock from Marvel. Right. Yeah, he basically was. Sergeant Rock, Jack Kirby had Nick Fury. Yep, that's right. Um, And then when Starenko and them came on, they needed to like... They wanted to keep Nick Fury around, but they didn't want, he wasn't doing World War II comics anymore. No. And this was like the ultimate spy. They modeled him after like a James Bond type. Yeah, definitely. Right. So Nick Fury became, he had some cool tech and stuff. And yeah. Right. And he, you know, so it became, um, 
what to do after that. Yeah. And then so when Miller and Hitch were doing the Ultimates, they were like, well, Nick Fury was always the coolest thing at that time. Yeah, that's like, right. What's cooler than a GI in World War II, like kicking Nazis' asses? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what you all want to be. Yeah, but he would be like 90. What's cooler so. than the ultimate spy in the 60s and 70s yeah. and even 80s? Like, yeah. You know? But when the 2000s came around, who's they were just like, who's the fucking coolest? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who, when you think cool, who do you think? And they mm. both, in a conversation, both of them said, well, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel motherfucking L. Jackson. And they were like, well, why the fuck not? Yeah. So they just made him look like Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. And Samuel L. Jackson saw that because he reads comic books. Yep. And he was very vocally pleased about the fact that he was Nick Fury. Yeah. And made it very clear that if they ever made a movie, he wanted to play Nick Fury. That's right. Fast forward to 2006, 2008, seven, when they're making Iron oh, Man. Yeah, six or well, seven. Yeah. yeah. And John Favreau, who also reads comic books, yeah, reached out to Nick Fury and said, "Wouldn't it be cool if Samuel Jackson?" And yeah, yeah right, right. Reached out and, to Samuel Jackson. The, the Nick Fury scene of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going crazy. At the very end of Iron Man, we get Nick Fury, and Samuel L. Jackson, and that of course opened up the MCU. And, and exactly, it can all really be traced back to Mark Miller and Brian Hitch having a conversation yep. about Nick Fury. But, uh, There's yeah, even a line in the comic where it's like, well, who should, who would play us yeah, in the movie they, version? They, they made a yeah. muscled up version of Brad very Pitt meta. as Thor. Yeah. Uh, Hulk That's right. Bruce Banner's loosely designed around Steve Buscemi. That's right. Oh, God. Uh, the yeah. The right. like loosely Lucy Liu. Yep. That's right. Um, I can't remember who. That Pym was a good choice, I, I thought. That was cool. Pym is. Oh, I can't remember. I would recognize the name. Yeah. But. Is it? It's not. Is it Edward Norton? No. No, that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. But but yeah, there's but a few. Cap is, is modeled after someone from World War II, like an yeah. old movie star or something. Yeah. And, uh, but it's perfect. Like It's really Tony brilliant. Tony Stark's kind of Rex Reed-ish a little bit. A little bit. And, um, yeah, man. It, I don't so, know. The Ultimates is great. Um, so before we uh, get too far into, into like. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about specifically what they did with certain characters. Yes. Okay. So, so we'll start with the Ultimates. What did you think of their version of the Hulk? I loved it. Yeah. The first, all right. Full disclosure. The first gotta talk book about, I read was yeah. Ultimates issue five. Oh God. I it off the rack. I wasn't really reading comic books yeah. at the time. I bought it off the, I was at a That's mall the one where, like, in Gainesville. Okay. Yeah. And I went into the mall, like just to see, I'd never been in the mall in Gainesville before. Yeah. So I went in to see what was nice. Like. They had a really cool statue store, oh, like cool. a comic yeah. book store, but I had, yeah. Badass, like Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock statues oh, and shit. Yeah. Really big ones, like yeah. feet tall. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Yeah. So again, I wasn't really reading comics at the time, but I poked my head in because I thought- Might have been cool. Coliseum, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't remember. Sorry. But it might have been. Matter. But uh, I, I was just looking to see. I bought an issue of Dan Jurgen's Thor mm. because it had Spider-Man on the cover. Nice. Uh, and I got an issue of um, Joe Casey's Uncanny X-Men and the Ultimates issue five because I wanted to get yeah. an Avengers book. But they were sold out of the Joe right. George, and it would have been the George Perez Kurt Oh, so nice! Like, all in right there. Yeah, that would good have brought stuff. me back in a comic book stores yeah. week to week right there. But I didn't yeah. know that was a thing at the time. For sure. Um, if he told me, remember George Perez is doing the Avengers? I'm like, holy fucking. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I saw this cover with the Hulk. It looked like a gray Hulk. I didn't yeah. know what the Ultimates was. I assumed it was the Hulk. Oh yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. That looks sweet. I'll just grab that. I didn't yeah. even flip through it or nothing. I just grabbed That's it. That's a off badass issue, like 10, isn't it? I spent like six bucks on shit. Yeah. Just to, uh, grab a couple comics. I, why not? Yeah. Just see what's going on with my characters. And then For sure. Home. And I read that one first. And I, the <laughs> that must have been a shock. Blew my fucking mind. Brian Hitch, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian Hitch good stuff. And Paul Neary on the inks and Paul Mounts on the color. It's, it's really good art. It looks like a movie. It really I mean, does. A good fucking yeah. movie. This was shocking back then, like how good the art was. Yeah, I mean yeah. the details. He's drawn like shoelaces on. Yeah, the, you can see like the treads on Captain America's boots. 
pieces of debris. I mean, it's this was if you see his art, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the Ultimate Comics were some of the first comics to actually do like computer. Um, well, Image had been doing it for a while, but Marvel yeah. did it with newer technology. You know what I'm talking about, the color, though? The, uh, what's the that digital called? Coloring. Digital coloring. Yeah. Scanning the art in digitally and manipulating. So it yeah. just looks so much. It's cleaner. Cleaner. It's more like yeah. it's like HD comics. Right. Yeah. Really exactly. Cool. Yeah. So it was a big leap. And it's forward. also on better paper than the old stuff. It really was. was. So yeah. It's just, it's just a better. You could product. tell like it was just there's something special dirtier. Yeah. Yeah. The Ultimate's version of the Hulk is he turned himself into the Hulk in some random book. I think it's Ultimate Marvel Team Up or something. So. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was Ultimate Marvel Team Up two and three was a Spider-Man Hulk crossover storyline yeah, that wasn't supposed to be in continuity. It but wasn't just, really canon but, in continuity. Yeah, but in the Ultimates, Banner's hired by Shield to help what it create was Super Soldiers. Yeah, he tried to recreate the. Super He's Soldiers. trying to because now they have Steve. Yeah. They found Cap in the ice. Yep. And so they're trying to use Banner, who's like the foremost expert, if there is one, on the super soldier serum. That's right. To recreate the serum. But it goes Probably horribly wrong. Banner, Banner's <laughs> wife, Betty, they're estranged. She works for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And so he's constantly around her, like flirting with other guys, like really trying to make him feel like shit. Yeah. And Banner's... I didn't like that version of Betty. You know, after those. Mean. Yeah, it wasn't right. Banner's very neurotic and he's yeah. very self-conscious and he's right. very, very... Very egotistical. Very low. Well, he's not though. Eh. He's very low self-esteem. Yeah, that's right. And he's surrounded by Nick Fury and... Hank Pym, who's basically a better, who Banner thinks is a better version of him. Yeah. Not knowing that Hank's a fucking animal. And especially this version, yeah, as we'll version get to. Hank's a fucking yeah. animal. He's not redeemable like the no. regular Marvel version, who never should have slapped so, Jan. It was an uh, artist error from the script. Right. And they kept it in because they're fucking stupid and ruined the character for 25 years. What, what, but, with this version, they actually took that and made it a very. A whole issue of, of him beating up the It was boss. horrible. It's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Puts they, made the a, they made him a villain. They made him a villain. Kicks the which was great, which is great, yeah. Um, and then takes his girl, <laughs> but it's it's super dark. It's they really, really went it's dark with the it. arc that they probably would take back if they could. For sure, it really makes him out to be a villain. Yeah. Um. But the the Hulk is surrounded by essentially gods. Thor and Captain yeah. America. His wife is always talking about how hot these dudes are and how much he sucks and like yeah. ignoring him when he talks to her. Yeah. And so it's no surprise that when he is at his lowest, he yeah. takes some of Captain America's super soldier blood and mixes it with the Hulk serum and ingests it because what's been going on is. He's feeling like shit. Mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government are throwing massive amounts of money at the Ultimates, and they yeah. really haven't done anything. No. <laughs> it's just a big and PR thing at this it's point. It's a disaster. Yeah. And so Banner's like, well, no one knows I'm the Hulk, so I'm going to give them something to fight. Yeah. And so he turns himself into the Hulk when Betty's, because Betty goes on a date with the actor Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, God, I forgot so about Hulk that. Goes out and immediately just Banner's id goes crazy and he mm -hmm. stalks Betty and Freddie Prince Jr. And there's so this hilarious got, page where Hulk is yeah. like torn a beer truck in half and drank all the beer. Yes. And he goes, Hulk want Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. And at one point his pants like completely rip off. He's, he's like naked. butt ass naked yeah. and he's and, climbing uh, a building with his bare hands and he's yelling, Freddie Prince. There's a really it's cool the funniest where, thing. Like, he's on the side of the building and giant but man it's like terrifying the way it's drawn. Yeah. And he's like, you're embarrassing us, Banner. And Banner just like pushes his hands apart. Yep. And on his way falling down, he punches him in the side of the knee. Now keep in <laughs> mind, Giant Man's like 90 feet tall. Yeah, he's huge he's in this huge. version. And yeah. just this little, like, it's like getting into a fight with like a troll doll. And yes. Ass kicked. This thing punches him in the side of the knee and it blows his knee out. It's horrifying. Shreds his knee to pieces. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they have to promise Thor, who's like really, like a, he's like a, uh, he's yeah. not there. He's not down with the ultimates. No. But they promise him that he's like a Norwegian 
protester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they promise him that they're going to donate like five billion dollars to Greenpeace. <laughs> yes. And so he comes down and so kicks, he shows up, kicks the shit out of the Hulk. <laughs> Uh, they and, demolish. They yeah, demolish. Man, uh, time. Oh, the uh, the train Penn, station. Penn station. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the coolest. It's cool. They used all these set pieces. These real Iron life set to get pieces. Governmental clearance. Yes. To destroy Penn Station yep. with an attack he launches on the Hulk. So and, what's great is you got Hulk fighting Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Giant Man. So he takes all of them out, but then there's just Cap and the Hulk, and you're like, "Fuck!" I remember Wasp is big too, because Wasp flashes. That's right. to distract him. Yeah, and then flies inside his ear and like zaps the shit out of his brain, and he's like, Rawr. "That was great." And then Cap drops a tank on him and kicks him in the balls. Yeah, and then Thor shows up and hits him in the head a few times. Yeah, I think that's how they finally. Beat so him. the end is it's it's down to Cap and and Thor. Hulk, and you're like. Yeah freaking caps not has no chance but he ends up coming out on top and he's the one that finally injects him with the serum yeah because ultimate caps a lot stronger than regular yeah he cap, is but he's not he he fights dirty against Hulk. he is yeah it's smart uh, he is, yeah but that's one issue mm-hmm. and it's it's it's, it's the greatest it's fight crazy. issue it's ever the, then like two issues later is the uh issue six is like the fallout of that right yeah that's right Where the news is leaked <laughs> somehow by, by somebody leaks Mm-hmm. The news that Banner is the Hulk to the public and that the Ultimate's That's own right. scientists did a, that. It was a secret. And it's a disaster. Issue seven is my favorite issue of volume one. And it's the Black yeah. Ops issue where you meet Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah. Where they're storming the building. For sure. Yeah. Full of like the shape-shifting aliens. Oh, yeah. The, the Chichari. Yeah. It's it so was... fucking dope, dude. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Volume two. So, yeah. Um, There's that one part at the end. Real quick. We, we got Sorry. off track a little bit. Sorry. Ultimate Hulk eats people. Yeah, it's pretty horrifying. And is so what's crazy is the Hulk attack is almost dealt with like 9-11. Like it's yeah, a horrible it's tragedy. It's like horrible. people are like just yeah, it's it's crazy. And the next time we see Hulk, he's got more control mm-hmm. and he's used as a weapon against this huge uh, volume two. Yeah. He's used as a weapon mm-hmm. and it's smart. It, the yeah. way they use him is very smart. For sure. But Banner's like in prison for a long time. Yeah, like they're talking um, the death penalty and stuff so for him. Iron Man is got a brain tumor. Yeah, that's right. And that was an interesting... he drinks all the time, and he acts like there's no tomorrow, and he sleeps yep. with whoever he can, because for him, there is no tomorrow. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting take on that character. Yeah. You're like, that makes sense, what you know? What does Tony Stark with a death sentence do to try to make a positive impact on the yeah. world? Because he's just been fucking around for 20 years. Yeah, he's got all his money, but he doesn't... Yeah. Captain America is... he's He doesn't feel like a... Um, He's not the idealized World War II soldier. Yeah. He's a realistic. He's World more War II realistic. Soldier. Yeah, he's like a guy from the forties. Yeah. like he's not, you know, the the cap we all know and he's love. An, he's Superman. He's, he's an ideal. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like the perfect. You know what I mean? He's, he's a hero. Man, yeah. yeah, he's like we can look up to him. He's more of an idea than a person. Right. We don't see but, scrawny Steve in all the Ultimates. Yeah, we no. just see Cap. Yeah. And you get the feeling that scrawny Steve might not have been super scrawny. He might no. have just been a soldier. Yeah. Um, um, but it's pretty badass. Like that. He's that fla- awesome. That he's flash not as good a person as regular right. Steve, but he's a great character. One of my favorite Partially things because he's not as good as a person. Exactly. One of my favorite things out of that entire run is the beginning, where it starts with Cap in World War II, World War II, 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 II on D Day. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's the craziest thing. It's the coolest thing, and it's the art's amazing. Yeah. He's like punching the shit out of some Nazis, yeah, and then and, and he's it's an overarching thing with the Shatari aliens who yeah. Were, 
part of the Nazi regime. Yeah, they were like in human skin. Exactly. And uh, and there's like nuke like going off. Overarching villain for Volume One is the Chitauri. Yeah, there's a nuke going off towards New York, and they actually use this in the Ant Man movie later yeah. on. But it's like Cap sacrifices himself to stop the nuke, basically. They, but instead of in that movie, they use it launching from Cuba. Exactly. Uh, right. Instead Other of than Germany? Germany or Paris, no France. Oh, France? Maybe yeah, it's France. yeah, because it's D Day, so it's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's fucking great. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It, all right, so let's move on from the Ultimate. Sorry, yeah, let's talk about Ultimate uh, X Men uh, real quick. We mentioned Ultimate Thor. You don't know if he's crazy or if he's really a god. Yeah, Other that was amazing. That, everyone's kind of a little bit off to center but like they introduced some other characters like uh they go oh, a little edgier widow. yeah i like i really like they're, the version of much more like the versions of the mc we forgot to mention black widow well i don't want to give you oh away. never mind that was a cool twist though but black widow's twist yeah. is awesome um i do like what they did with hawkeye it felt yeah. like that was another thing that influenced the movies the oh, the thing with hawkeye talk, and black like widow they paired natasha and iron man together yeah yeah that was I cool like that. that was cool it made uh, sense it made sense they got engaged like it yeah was crazy. yeah um and then you've got let's talk about ultimate x-men real yes. quick so i and really like closest to the og content it really was but it, it again it went way darker with it yeah. it modernized it yeah. for the time um and i thought it really worked they what's cool is it was a lot like the X-Men movies, but more like the comics, if that makes sense. So they, they had like the black uniforms, but there were Sentinels right out the gate. So yeah. like they had all like the larger than life shit going yeah. on. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the first arc is my favorite arc. And it's I, so I like good. the first five arcs. Yeah. The Mark Miller stuff. Right. And I like some of the Kirkman stuff later on. I, I didn't love the, oddly, who I fucking adore. Brian K. Vaughn is a writer. Sure. Why the Last Man. Yeah. But I don't love his X-Men. I really like what they did with uh, Marvel Girl. I like what they did with Colossus. Um, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't like the original five. They kind of mixed eras. It's yeah, it's it's um, um, the original team in the book is Cyclops, Beast, Marvel Girl, Iceman. Oh, Colossus, and what they did with Wolverine. Beast was really cool because yeah. that did follow the old comics. Because yeah, Beast st- gets it starts off as like he just had big, big feet. feet, big hands, Hank Pym, super He's, smart, right? But then Weapon X turns him into the Blue Beast. That was a cool he twist. Loses all confidence, and the, yeah. the Hank has been dating Storm. Yep. So then when he becomes like a monster, he loses all confidence that yeah. Storm actually cares about him. Yeah. And assumes that it's Xavier and Jean Grey manipulating everyone's brains right. to keep Hank on the team yeah. because he's their tech guy and they need him. And so he Fucked kind of up. has this crisis of faith. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see how that's manipulated. Yeah. Because the X-Men, if nothing else, always have villains everywhere trying to For sure. Up. Uh, but yeah, Wolverine joins the team. Uh, the interest like undercover dickhead. Yes, and Wolverine's a villain. He's a straight up villain I from the get go. I, I, he I, does I, redeem himself later on. Later on, yeah. He starts I, out as an assassin. Wolverine isn't really that redeemable. Like, no. He tries to kill Cyclops. He does. Um, he, he sleeps. He sleeps with Jean Grey under the pretense because she's grieving because he killed Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, but they all think Cyclops died heroically saving Logan, but yeah. he's going to let him die. <laughs> But he's been hired by Magneto to kill Xavier. So his yep. first thing is he's going to break the cool twist. Up. He's going to get rid of uh, Xavier's support system. Yep. And by doing that, he gets rid of his most powerful student and the one that, or I mean, not his leader. Yeah. The student that keeps the other ones in line. For sure. The guy that keeps them the X-Men. He exactly. He gets rid of Cyclops. And then yep. he goes after Jean. Yeah. By seducing her and fucking yeah. her head up and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and the other one's just don't buy into the fact that he's, they don't yeah. catch on to it for sure. Until Cyclops shows back up alive and well, yeah. And fucks everything up for him. Yeah. Um, I did, but lo- it's very cool. Like Magneto's guy is, is already around. He's got mm. an established team, which is basically his team from the comics. Yeah. They add in some other ones after the weapon X arc, when they for recruit, sure. like juggernaut and some other people. Yeah. Yeah. There was some but cool he's got, stuff. Like, Blob and mystique and yeah. toad and pyro. And for sure. Guys. 
and then um, you've got the X-Men. And yep. right away, we get the Brotherhood, Magneto, and Sentinels. Yeah. And Evil Wolverine. All in the first storyline. In the first story arc. Yeah, which and was it great. it doesn't feel too crowded. No. Because they they do what the movie did in that yep. some of these characters were, are already there. Yeah. They're already on the The X-Men. team's already a thing. The only new characters we meet are Wolverine and Iceman, right? That's right. Yeah. So it was kind of an Iceman or origin story. Storm. Yeah, she's like a thief. She's a car thief. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. So those. So you get some new recruits. Are new recruits. That I think the I think the Iceman thing was towards the end of the storyline. Like they save him and bring him into the team at right, the end because they try to recruit him once and I think he says no. There's that, and whole, then they save him from Sentinels. Yeah. There's this. There was a huge. He saves Iceman's life, and then yes. Iceman freezes like two giant Sentinels and giant blocks of ice in like Times Square. Yes, it was in Times Square. There was yeah. that huge battle, and it was one of the coolest things ever. And ultimate Iceman is fucking really powerful yeah and uh there's that great bit in ultimate that might war. have even been in the first issue well, i think it is yeah in ultimate war the ultimates are beating the x-men pretty bad oh oh forgot uh the first issue is great because it has that whole storyline and it ends with a cliffhanger with magneto hiring wolverine, wolverine. from the yeah. savage land yeah. to go so you fucking... know right away this is so not was... your regular X-Men. no but it was great it was really um, it left yeah. an impact sorry to the volume one's called the tomorrow people that's I right i recommend it Volume 2 is called Return to Weapon X. Which is good, too. In which Stryker and the Weapon X dickheads recapture, or yep. are trying to recapture Wolverine. Yep. And instead capture and torture the living balls out of the X-Men. Yep. And some of the people they've already got in Weapon X are Juggernaut, Rogue, and Nightcrawler. That's right, yeah. And so the Brotherhood... So they keep, like, introducing up all with these the X-Men, characters and, yeah. The, the X-Men that didn't get captured, yep. uh, the, the they go grab the Brotherhood. Yep. And use the Brotherhood to fuck up Weapon X. Yep. And it's really dark. Like, yeah. it's fucked up. They make Cyclops yeah. kill a man. Yeah. Or no. Uh, well, they make Gene kill a man. That's right. And if they don't, like, they, they, Scott and Gene have sent to kill this guy. And yeah. they fuck up everything because uh-huh. they're being blackmailed and doing it. And, like, they've got things implanted in their brains. Yeah. And they refuse to kill him. And yeah. so they, like, start to detonate this thing in Scott's brain. That's right. And he's, like, bleeding out of his eyes, ears, and nose. Horrifying. And so Gene has to kill this innocent person yeah. who's, like, standing in the way of Weapon X. Mm-hmm. And that's what they use mutants to do. They torture yeah. the living shit out of mutants mm-hmm. into, like, breaking them. Yeah. Like, they keep giving Colossus, like, molten metal baths. And yeah, shit. it was horrifying. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's really unsettling, it, the stuff they do. Yeah. And then uh, Wolverine basically allows himself to be captured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he can, like, stage an inside prison break with the x That's right. But it all culminates in this badass fight between Wolverine and Sabretooth. Yeah. And the twist is that Sabretooth had the same thing done to him. But he has like four claws of adamant teeth. That's right. And that was kind of a cool twist, I gotta say. Ultimate Sabretooth's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Like he's like nineties Sabretooth. He keeps getting <laughs> punked out yeah. by everybody. Well, it was cool in that first storyline, but they should have just the killed them off. It was cool, but it should have been like it an should have been the end. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They should have just killed him off. Yeah, agreed. Um, um, but yeah, like I, I just a quick digression, real sorry. quick. Sorry, Sabretooth's initial original appearance was he almost killed the Iron Fist. Oh, and then he beat the fuck out of the X Men in the mansion. Yeah. And fuck Wolverine up bad. Yeah. He almost killed Psylocke. In the old comics? Yeah. Yeah. And and he almost and he's a bigger, stronger, faster, smarter, meaner Wolverine. Yeah. Who doesn't need the adamantium. It's that terrifying. Yeah. He's just very animalistic. It wasn't Chris Claremont wrote him. Yeah. He became generic bad guy who Wolverine <laughs> punks out all the time. Yeah, good point. They just basically neutered one of their most powerful <laughs> neutered villains. Sabretooth. No. He's the yeah. guy that like 
the villains recruit the stronger, scarier Wolverine. He should, he should be a nightmare to people. Every time Saber shoots on the other team, you should be your you. favorite characters are about to die. Yeah, yeah. There should be a massacre. He's Dr. Doom's level yeah. as far as like that kind of character. Not as smart, obviously, but definitely well, like more he, like Carnage. He was at first, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Weapon yeah. X couldn't ever catch him. Yeah. He volunteered for some of those same procedures later on. Yeah. Because he wanted to fuck with Logan. Right. So he got like a heightened healing factor. You're yeah. Healing. We got his shit like jacked up a little bit. For sure. For sure. But he was stronger, faster, meaner, smarter Wolverine that Wolverine yeah. could never beat. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And that's what made him scary. Yeah. Logan couldn't beat him. Yeah. Every appearance he's had since then <laughs> in any medium, he's either a fucking moron. Yeah. Or he's like. And just gets like stabbed immediately. For it sure. It makes me so sad. Yeah, it because the character had a lot of potential early on. His first few appearances, he's one of Marvel's scariest villains. For period. Sure. And most interesting. And then it was like he's Wolverine's dad or brother or something. And yeah. he loses to everybody. Yeah. So, everybody. <laughs> so I will say I really did appreciate the Ultimate X-Men uh for quite a while. Like, but I think what happened is it kind of overstayed its welcome. Because yes. like you said, even the, before Ultimatum, I think the, it lost the because, Yeah. Because they got There were still some good issues here and there, but I think the regular Well Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I think I think because the regular comics started being good again. Grant Morrison happened. Yeah. And exactly. then Josh Whedon happened. Exactly. What so happened was the X-Men books when the Ultimate X-Men were launched were yeah. impenetrable. One, Even for longtime fans, yeah. you had to know everything about every book. It's every true. Month to follow, like 14 books a month to follow what the fuck was going on yeah. in X-Men. And it, made and no, it was awful. And that's why the Ultimate Comics happened. That's why the Ultimate Comics happened. Because the, uh, problem, the movie for X-Men came out yeah. the same month the X-Men issue came out. Yeah. Joe Casada read it and he said he almost had a fucking aneurysm oh, trying wow. to read it because it was so impenetrable. Oh jeez. So it's like hired... read issue this, read issue that. Well, that and like it was it was like it wasn't nothing about it said X-Men. Yeah. Because it was none it was of the Claremont same on like his third stint on the book. Yeah. And it was just like felt tired. He had to have been reading the book for 30 years to yeah. just to make sense. So, and, and so he brought in Grant Morrison, who revamped the X-Men, and Morrison's new X-Men was a huge seller oh, yeah. and was very, very, very popular. For sure. And so Ultimate X-Men was coming out around that same time. And yeah. right around the time new X-Men started ramping up, yeah. Ultimate X-Men started to lose some fizzle. Lose its luster. The book. Yeah. Because remember, he did that awesome stuff with the Hellfire right. Club and the Phoenix. And yeah, there was that. some great stuff, and they ended on a high note. He ended on yes, a high note. his run is fantastic. The problem is it kept going, yes. and, and then they kind of ran out of ideas because they had done some cool twists on characters we were familiar with, but then they started rehashing yeah. the same storylines that was at this point, they started Josh, to catch Josh up. Josh Whedon was on Astonishing yeah. X-Men. And, and they were had, doing new and interesting things over there. Well, and you, you know? had Greg Ruck on Wolverine yep. and you had like Mike Albert on Ecstatic. For sure. And so the X-Men corner of the Marvel Universe was one of the most profitable and yep. popular corners again. For sure. And Ultimate X-Men was this weird stepchild yeah. that like wasn't, the most popular Ultimate book. Yeah. And it wasn't the most popular X-Men book. It kind of ran so its course. it got course. very experimental. And as, yeah. as such, it became the thing that it was replacing. Right. It became impenetrable with like yeah. weird versions. Because they had its own continuity. Yeah. It, you know, and it, it really and got... It made them killed off Wolverine and Cyclops and Storm and like three yeah. other characters. And it it like got so convoluted. Gray and someone else's body at one point. And like right. And this weird Hulk thing and like the son of Wolverine. And it got really convoluted at one point. But a couple things I just want to point out real quick before we move on. There was a couple great storylines towards 
towards the end. There was a 12 issue run when Miller left that Bendis did. That was, he did this six issue art called Blockbuster. I was about was to talk about that. I was, story. I was literally about to bring that up. Too. Yeah. And it's, okay. <laughs> it's a Wolverine story. No, Dan it's good Spider-Man, though. But it's, it's just Wolverine. No, no, no. That's a, I thought it was great, but. It's an ultimate X-Men and it's a six issue story about Wolverine Daredevil. Here's the so, thing. It's a six issue story about ultimate Wolverine, ultimate Daredevil and ultimate Spider-Man. The yes. problem was. And ultimate Punisher time, shows up at one right, point. At the same time, he was writing new Avengers, which was yeah. Daredevil, Spider-Man and Wolverine. Right. And he was writing Daredevil and he was True. writing Spider-Man. And it was like, you took over ultimate X-Men and yeah. you just made it like all your other books. So yes. The one issue you're going to talk about is the issue he did after that arc. So, yes. And then he did a five issue arc that was pretty cool that introduced some other characters. Yeah. Uh, like Emma Frost and stuff like that. But right. that one issue is enough to pick up his whole run for. Right. The great thing about that blockbuster storyline was the covers. Oh, we got they're some beautiful. Of, we got David some of the best. Amazing. Yeah, we got some of the best art that included some of my favorite characters. Yeah, we got the Wolverine, there's that one Daredevil one. Where Daredevil the, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man's crouched in the front. Right. Wolverine's behind him with his claws out and Daredevil's got the Billy Club. And the Billy Club's like going all over the place. All over the place. Like the, and they're like on a, a gargoyle yes, on top of, like yeah. It's one it. of it's my favorite covers art. of all and time. David Finch is a tremendous artist. Yeah. His Batman work is great. And all sure. I think something about him and Wolverine just clicks. Yeah. It's like Definitely. Mark Silvestri, John Byrne, Adam Kubert, Andy Kubert. Like they're just kind of some, Jim Lee. Yeah. Some people are just meant to draw Wolverine for sure and he's one of them yeah but yeah real quick that there is this one issue like you mentioned that I guess came after that uh where it's all about Wolverine sent on this this mission where he one kid's powers flare up this yeah. kid his mutant powers activate and it's like and it kills a whole town yeah he has like this apocalyptic he, it. he basically like yeah it's like some apocalyptic power where like yeah everyone who gets near him dies like immediately yeah Logan can be near him for periods exactly. of time, but it's like his healing factor is like, like his working overtime off. to keep him from dying just by yeah. being near this kid. Yeah. And Logan, you think they he's to there make... to recruit him to the X-Men. Yeah. Or to like recruit him to help Xavier help That's him right. control this power, like you would typically see in an X-Men story. Yeah. But they, like it's it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's dark. Done, it's done so fucking well it and is. tastefully. Yeah. Wolverine's not there to help this kid by teaching him to control his powers. He's yeah. there to help this kid by ending his life. Yeah, exactly. Um, because he can't, it's, there is no controlling his powers. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really he, tragic. The, kid, the poor kid knows it. He yeah. knows why he's there. Yeah. And Wolverine and basically tell, wants to talk before he dies. Yeah. And like, the, like how this is not fair. What happened to him? He yeah. didn't want this to happen. Right. He didn't ever want to hurt. He's a good kid. Yep. This happened to him. Yeah. Not because of him. Right. And Logan's there to kind of give him some context and at the same yeah. time give the reader some context right. into this version of Wolverine. Yep. And it's just, it's one of Bendis's best single Marvel issues. It's extremely like well done. That, I didn't realize that was Bendis that did that issue. It's, it makes sense though. It's, it's definitely one of the, that, yeah, it's one of the it's highlights. It's a one play. Yeah. And, and it's fantastic. Um, and one more thing about Bendis is there was a storyline in his run of Spider-Man where the ultimate X-Men come over a and couple I, times. See, yeah. you know, the, the two issue art where he and Wolverine switch bodies and Wolverine like fuck. Right. There's that too. Yeah. Tries I forgot to, like, about that. Rape Mary Jane. Oh God. It's awful. Kind of sort of. There's some weird <laughs> stuff. Like, in pressures there. her into sex and Mary Jane's like, we're not ready, Peter. And he's like, yeah. whatever, bub. And you're like, what the fuck? There was this great moment though, where Spider-Man is talking to Marvel girl 
and she's in his head. Oh, that's the, a different story. But yeah, uh, yeah. She's like, he's, he's like, I'm sorry. I, I keep thinking like inappropriate jokes or something like that, like stupid. Jokes. And she's like, whatever. Most almost everybody I talk to imagines me naked or in my underwear. It gets and so awkward. Like three pages of him three just like, panels just where it like just shows his face. his face on his mask, and, and it go it goes back and forth and between like her face and him. Progressively more disturbed. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. I can't stop. Please stop this. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's like as soon as she mentioned like embarrassing naked sexy thoughts it's like yeah. all he can think about and he can't stop him it's like ghostbusters yeah it is it's race dance yeah empty your mind marshmallow man no like, <laughs> it was a great moment you know, don't think of an elephant yeah. what's the first thing you think of an elephant of exactly. course of course automatically don't think about me naked yeah oh god oh god Jean gray's naked oh i can't stop it she's right here oh god she knows i'm thinking it oh god yeah so it's brilliant there's lots of stuff like that throughout that run like we talked oh, about remember but he wakes up and he's like oh great you guys read my mind and now you know my secret identity is yeah. peter parker and they're like we didn't read your mind like, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> he like blurted it out yeah. to the city <laughs> uh no it's great um, um the, but let, before before we run out of time, I want to shift to the, talk about the other main book. Ultimate Fantastic Four? Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yes. Which, weirdly enough, unlike the other titles, started off kind of weak, I thought. Oh, man. I thought, the, I thought the beginning was really great. I like the idea of making the Baxter building like a think tank for brilliant yes, children. Yes, that was a great I like the origin. Mm-hmm. And the way I they used the Mole Man, like I thought was kind of cool. The way they de-aged them so far. Yeah, because they were really I don't young. I FF need to be teenagers. No. Young no. 20s, maybe. Sure. Sure. But Johnny's a teenager. Sue, no, I, don't know. I think that makes her read creepy. So I think Johnny being yeah, like 17 remember. is fine. Yeah, yeah. But the rest should be in their 20s. At, right. At youngest. Yeah, Ben um, Ben was an adult, right? Like No, he, well, I mean, he's like 19, 20. Oh, that's weird. He's, he's yeah. using like slang and shit. Like, it's For weird. sure. Yeah. Um, and the first the uh, first villain's Mole Man, which I appreciated. Yeah, that was it's cool. A cool story arc. Cool callback. There's some things I don't love about it, but it's Mark Mark Miller and Brian Bendis writing That's right. it together with uh, I think Andy. Yeah, Kuber, maybe it's Adam Kubert. Yeah, Kubert's yeah. doing the art for sure. Uh, the second arc introduced Doctor Doom. Ellis is writing it. Yeah, uh, Stuart Eimerman on art, and it was Doctor Doom. Yeah. And, as weird as this is going to sound, yeah, I don't like that version of Doctor Doom from that story. It's very weird because. They tried it to do weird. They tried to do something very different with it. I think I think with certain characters it was cool that they did something like different, but with Doctor Doom Nothing's broken. Yeah, there was nothing wrong to begin There's with. Nothing to fix. And it's kinda as we've seen with the different movie versions, you can't change that character without breaking him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's There's what no, he's perfectly designed. That's There's what no went wrong here. What they tried to do was they tried to make it where Doctor Doom got his powers the same way the Fantastic Four did. Like uh, in Fan Four Stick, which they stole right. from the Ultimate Fantastic Four. They did Four. that with the 2004 movie, too. Yeah. Um, but, so, so like, his he had a mutation, I guess, and he, his skin he was like, metal. Like but, shit. yeah, that's yeah. the weird part. They they made him, like, a centaur almost. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, but he, he had, like, acid on. breath. They it was all this weird on, stuff. Like, he yeah. Like, yeah, he was breathing out, like, yeah. microbes of, like, yeah. nanobots and shit. It was kind of interesting, but it wasn't Doctor Doom. Later on, he know. became more Doom-like. Yes. But where FF, Ultimate FF, for me, really picks up is issue 21. Oh, yeah. Through issue 33. The Thanos stuff? No. Oh. That's later on. That was cool, though. Yeah. That's Mike Silver Carey. Surfer and all that. Mike yeah. Carey did that. Sorry. I love Mike Carey. I think he's the most yeah. underrated. Anyway, uh, he did a lot of the Lucifer books for Vertigo. Oh, okay. Um, but he, um, uh, Mark Miller came back to Ultimate FF after Warren Ellis finished his run to do yeah. a solo run with the artist Greg Land. Okay. And they started with a story called Crossover. 
That's now, right. Lines, that's right. This is they good. used to say up and down. When the ultimate universe crosses over with the regular Marvel universe, you know we're mm. completely out of ideas and you should yeah. stop reading the book. Yeah. So Ultimate FF21 ends with Ultimate Reed Richards making contact with another universe's Reed Richards. And he's yep. super excited. And he's, you see the video and yep. it's the traditional. It looks like classic Reed. 616 Reed with Richards. With the white hair on the with sideburns. Storm and Johnny's yeah. like, it's the FF. Yeah. Now, so exciting it's stuff. It's a three issue arc. It's a very short arc. I remember this. And there's a twist to it. Oh, there's a, a twist huge twist. But it's not who we think it is. No. And it really sets up the way this run is going to go. It's yep. four three issue arcs. It was clever. It has Namor, introduces Namor. That's right. Atlantean criminal. And it's yeah. like he's stupid powerful. Yeah. Um, it has a really cool uh, President Thor arc. That's right. Yeah. They um, did a lot of cool, like, alternate universe yeah, stuff in this one. And the last arc is Doom. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite Doctor Doom stories. Period. It's really good. Yeah. And it's ultimate Doctor Doom. They totally fixed him. So he went yeah. from like the worst Doctor Doom yeah. to like one of my favorite. Like Mark Miller writes a cool Doctor Doom. For sure. Um, weirdly enough, I didn't love his portrayal of Doom in the regular Fantastic yeah. Four book, but I liked it in Ultimate. Total. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the redheaded stepchild of the Ultimate Universe yeah. because it came later than the other three. For sure. It launched like a year and a half after the other books did. Yeah, it did. So it's kind of like the Hulk 2099 or X-Men. Yeah, <laughs> like the later, like, oh, yeah, we forgot about yeah, these, these characters. two. Yeah, yeah, we um, forgot about these characters. Let's cram them in there. But yeah, I cannot recommend the first five trade paperbacks. The first mm. 30 issues, I think. Yeah. Maybe six if you count Ultimate War of Ultimate X. There was some good stuff. And there was a crossover with uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men at one point. That's later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking, for me, for me, the X-Men, Ultimate X-Men yeah. books... Yeah. Don't bother after Miller leaves. No. Unless you want to read the Bendis stuff. The Bendis stuff, yeah. Which is fine. End with that. But it has that one really great issue. Yeah. And then, like you said, the block you might like for Blockbuster. Sure. It I, I didn't it wasn't what I was looking for for right. Ultimate X-Men at the time. I might like it if I reread right. it. Before oh sorry. Uh but but um have, for me that's where Ultimate X-Men was done. Yeah. Ultimate Fantastic Four, I wouldn't bother picking up till issue twenty one. Just read the Mark really? Miller, Greg Land stuff. Okay. And then the stuff after that with Mike Carey and Pasquale Ferry. Yeah. With some really interesting takes on the Inhumans. They had some the cool Silver cosmic Surfer, stuff. The yeah. Psycho Man and Thanos. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. The Cosmic um, Cube comes in at one point. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Um, if you want to see a very fucking different take on Galactus, there's like the ultimate enemy. That's right. Stuff. Yeah. It was um, a weird storyline. I like It was the like the Borg. turned Reed Richards <laughs> into a villain eventually. You did? Well, I guess for this version, yeah. Reed Richards as a villain is fucking scary yeah. as shit. Smarter Doctor Doom. Ah! <laughs> when they did that, though, it didn't. It felt like it was very out of well, character. Well, they were already out of ideas at that point. The it was, universe was dead, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, it was. I going looking back, it's kind of a cool twist. But I remember at the time being invested in those characters yeah, and, and being like, what very the fuck? pissed. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't it was earned. Not set up at all. It wasn't yeah. earned. Um, but it was cool he's though. Still around in, in Marvel Comics. Yeah, he's a as villain. A villain. Yeah, I love that. Ultimate Reed Richards is scary. I he's, love yeah. that. Um, yeah. but I don't, I didn't, and he love, amplified his intelligence at yeah, one point. Called, so he's like, he's called the, the, what's he called? The uh, thinker? No. no. The mass? No. The master? No. Something weird like that. Damn it. But he's, he's the leader. Was, was he no, the ultimate a, leader? No, but he's a young Reed Richards <laughs> yeah. who has lost his mind mm -hmm. and is all about scientific exploration and breaking. He's like Mr. Sinister. 
but 50 times smarter. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. He should have been, and Donny Cates is Venom a lot. And uh, Did that happen in Ultimatum also? Because I feel like that. No, it happened. In that the, was later, it was wasn't later. it? was later. They did like Ultimate Trilogy of things that yeah. it looked like it was all about Doom, but it was like Reed was the real villain. Reed was the real villain. Oh, I yeah, didn't like it. Was it was terrible. But like uh, it. Um, yeah, I would read the, the Mike Carey and Mark Miller Ultimate FF. Mm-hmm. Ultimates 1 and 2. Without a doubt. And then the only other Ultimates thing I would read is Jonathan Hickman's Ultimate Thor miniseries. Right. Until Secret Wars. Now, we should point out that depending on which trades you're getting, Ultimates can be either one or two right. trades. Uh, and Ultimates, Ultimates two, 2 is called Ultimates Volume 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, well, it's like Ultimates Volume 1 is 13 issues. Ultimates Volume 2 is 13 issues. So if you're yeah. getting a collection that's 26 issues, you've got the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was originally when they were first coming out, they split them into two each. Yeah. So it's like Ultimates Volumes 1 and 2 and, and then Ultimates, Ultimates 2, 2 Volumes, volumes 1, and 1 and 2. 2. So yeah. it gets a little confusing, but basically everything up to Ultimates 3. Yeah. So Don't read, read third, Ultimates read 3. the first 26 issues of Ultimates, then stop. If they start, if, you know, Scarlet Witch and... Scarlet Witch and Pietro are fucking, stop reading. Stop reading. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and um, like I said, Ultimate X-Men stop after Bendis probably. Although, I will say Kirkman had some cool ideas. Yeah. And um, Brian K. Vaughn did the cool sinister bit where he threw, he's like, what's Charles Xavier's greatest weakness? Stairs. Yeah. And he just throws him down a flight of stairs. Oh, God. Uh, so there's some like moments that are cool yeah. that'll pop out, but it's sure. just, it doesn't have It goes same. way downhill after yeah. Ultimate. Um, and then Ultimate Spider-Man, I would read all the way through. Yeah. All of it's read pretty good. All the, be- all the Bendis the stuff. stuff. The Miles stuff. And then the end where yeah. Peter comes back. Yeah. And they bring Ultimate Peter Parker yeah. back and Miles is like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. I like that I they like did his that. Miles comics. I like Bendis's Miles Morales comics for sure. A lot. I liked that they brought back the original Peter because I always felt that the death of Peter Parker happened was, way too soon. It was nebulous too. because he like, was like what sixteen? Yeah. That's just wrong, you yeah, know. And it, it wasn't right. I feel bad for Aunt May, you know. Like well, the whole point yeah. was like the the Spider Man books were outselling the Ultimate. True, because. Spider-Man had done it was on the I get it, stuff but they, and the, they'd fixed the book. If if yeah. I was writing it, I just would have jumped ahead a few years before doing that. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. it I just, mean, he, honestly that book was selling well enough, it was never yeah. gonna get canceled. Even yeah. if every other ultimate book was gone, they would have kept yeah. making Ultimate Spider-Man as long for as he sure. wanted to do it. Yeah. He could have kept publishing Ultimate Peter Parker for 10 for more sure. fucking years. But I agree, the Miles but stuff was awesome. It was a great to, twist. He wanted to get off the ultimate books. Yeah. And they said, well, what if we let you really shake shit up? And yeah. And like, you could do anything you wanted to. You That's know, awesome. What if I killed Peter Parker? And they were like, yeah. jokingly. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, what do you got? Whoa. Yeah. Can I replace him with a new Spider-Man? Yeah, what do you got? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what got him interesting. New character. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, and that's how we got Miles. So, got Miles. so I'm happy and it happened. He, the biggest addition to the Spider-Man mythos, without a doubt, in the last. I mean, he's in the 15 years. He's a, we yeah, have he's a whole a movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a whole movie about him. Yeah, now, so. I'm sure he'll be in the MCU sooner than later. For sure, it's Probably gonna happen towards the end of the next Tom Holland series because yeah. I doubt Tom's gonna want to play Spider-Man for 15 right. movies. Right. Uh, they'll just replace Peter with Miles at that yeah. point. And then you can do a whole new trilogy of Spider-Man movies with a new yeah. Spider-Man. But um, so yeah, so I guess the universe kind of died a grisly death. <laughs> yeah. But when it was in its peak, yeah, it was some of the best comics Marvel's ever put. Oh, out. I agree. Yeah. So, did you have any other recommendations from the Ultimate books besides what I've mentioned? I know there's some. I agree stuff with stuff in there. No, but yeah. I'm kind of forgetting, but for the most part, we've we've recommended most of the good stuff. Um, I will say I I kind of liked the Ultimate Daredevil Electra stuff. There wasn't a lot of it, but like. It was an interesting take. It was a four or five issue miniseries with art by a guy who 
from all accounts, it's a massive piece of garbage and oh. like, hasn't worked in Marvel for a very long time. But I didn't his realize art that. Is incredible. And yeah, his there name was... is Mike Choi. Oh, okay. C H O I. He did some oh. X Force stuff that's like next level great. Nice. But he did that Daredevil Electra art and it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a basically all they're doing is adapting the Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, just kind of condensing it, I think. Yeah, just yeah. kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it was more from Electra's point of view, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't love it yeah but it was worth reading it, it was, was so worth cool the money i spent to read if it. you like the daredevil characters it was kind of cool to see that version yeah it was very cool so yeah i you know i don't know if i have anything else to say about the ultimate no Pets. i think we we t- we spent an hour talking about it Four years the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review reminisce and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled the Earth's mightiest superheroes, traveled to a galaxy far, far away, drank many martinis, shaken, not stirred, witnessed the battle of the Alpha Titan, Defended Earthrealm from Outworld. Get over here! <laughs> Busted their fair share of ghosts. Unplugged from the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. Kept a watchful eye on Gotham City. <laughs> Discovered the secrets of Jurassic Park and other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. Podcasters Disassemble. Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. I'm not quite caught up on the MCU because I haven't seen Black Panther 2 yet. Eric has seen it and, and enjoyed it, right? Yeah, Wakanda Forever was great. Um, the way they introduced Namor was amazing. I think it really it really sets up uh, for... I mean, they, could, they can go a lot of places with this, obviously. And we could do a whole episode just on that. But since Chris hasn't seen it yet, we're going to yeah, hold off sorry, on that. But it was good. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. I think it's probably going to be dropping on Disney Plus any day now. Probably by the end of the month, maybe. Maybe January. Probably, I would imagine January, mid-February, somewhere in there. Uh, just because it's it's still like a hit. It's still making a lot of money in theaters. Yeah. Usually they go between... I think the earliest turnaround was 45 days. Yeah. From the release date in theaters to the Disney Plus debut date and the longest was 70 definitely so i wouldn't be surprised if this is closer to 70 yeah um so i'm thinking that would put it early february okay so that, that's probably mid january early february is probably where it was going to drop on disney plus so hopefully we'll have seen it before then yeah um but we'll actually probably talk about that in more detail when we get to phase four when we get back to our mcu uh review with zach right so we we're gonna are all caught up on she hulk which we'll mention in that same We'll probably do a, two episodes or something was that right. on, on phase four because it's so big. Uh, but we wanted to mention specifically the two specials. That's right. The Halloween special Werewolf by Night and the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. The 
this Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. Please don't do this. Death is coming for you! Werewolf by Night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, both, I thought, just right off the bat, were great. Uh, they both look incredible. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I love the style of Werewolf by Night. Like, it's this black and white style, but there's like little bits of color here and there. It's almost like a Sin City kind of thing, but it reminds me a lot of those like Universal monster movies. Oh, 100%. It's definitely supposed to invoke the 30s monster movies. And it with, definitely does that without it being yeah. too heavy handed or too cheesy. But but it does it does give me like some of those uh, Crypt Keeper vibes. Yeah. Tales of the Crypts. Yeah, a little you bit. Know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, it is, the story stars Elsa Bloodstone and um, Jack Russell, who's mm-hmm. the werewolf by night. Um, which was for me, I love both those characters. So it was yeah. really cool to find. I was not expecting Elsa Bloodstone. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, she's like Marvel's best monster hunter. She's yeah. badass. And the thing that I thought was like really unexpected and I absolutely was through the roof excited about was Man Thing. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't expect that at all. Like, not only did they, they put, pulled it off though. Yeah, they, not only did they put him in there, but it was great. Like he was kind of terrifying at one point. He that's the thing. Like he's a goofy character. Yeah. But when the moment needs him to be, he's yeah. quite scary. Yeah. So it For was sure. it was expertly used, and especially the comedy between Jack and and Ted Man mm-hmm. Thing. Definitely was great, but it was really cool. I, I was, like it a lot. I was kind of hoping we'd get like uh, the first Blade reveal in this one, but of course they're holding off on that. Yeah, I think the only problem is if Blade shows up there, everything's over for everybody. Right. Like Blade is totally <laughs> That's a good point. Those guys. That's a good, it would have been a very different special. Yeah, I don't think this version of Elsa would have had a chance against Blade. She, yeah. By the end, she has the Bloodstones, so she right. would, but yeah. the Bloodstones basically the MacGuffin that gives you a bunch of power. Yeah. Uh, but it's passed down from Monster Hunter to Monster Hunter in the, in the Marvel comics, the, the Bloodstone family. Definitely. Um, so Elsa is now the, the, the preeminent monster hunter in the, yeah. in, in the MCU, at least till Blade shows up, which is hopefully sooner than later. For sure. One really cool, this is my last note about Werewolf by Night, but one of the actors in it was, this is so random, but the punk from the bus from Star Trek Four. Yeah was in this and, and I recognized him. I was like, I know I've seen that guy somewhere, but it's because he had a cameo in Picard season two recently. Uh, and so, so you know what he looked like. Yeah. I yeah, read yeah. It online. I didn't catch yeah. him when I saw it, but you know, I recognized him and then I read about it. So I, I thought that I was do want to say, uh, Gael Garcia was fantastic as Jack. Yeah. He was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. A great job of like, he kept it light. It was like perfect MCU tone. Like he kept it yeah. light, but also the gravity when the gravity of the situation needed to be, for displayed sure. like he was able to do that well okay uh, so yeah moving on to the guardians of the galaxy christmas special 
I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. Maybe if we go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift, it would make him happy. Something special he will never forget. What about someone special? We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. I just said that, Drax. If your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. Ah! You're coming with us as a Christmas present. Clearly was made by James Gunn, and I loved it. It was great, man. It was like Guardians 2.5. Yeah. And And well, they filmed it while they were filming Volume 3, which was smart. Yeah. From the very beginning, where you have like the animated, the goofy Christmas special animation. Yeah. Which was their nod to the Star Wars special. The flashback with- uh, Kraglin is telling the story of Peter's- Telling yeah. them about Christmas and Yondu yeah. like, smash the tree. Yeah, Yondu is Grinch, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah but at the end, like his heart. Oh, hey, Chris, I love that. Dude. I love that he takes like three minutes to stomp on that tree. It was yeah. so over the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the the first song about like when we we learned that the Guardians have purchased Nowhere from the Collector. That was interesting. Um, yeah. So the floating celestial head is now the Guardians' like base of operations. There's always people living there. That yeah. Like, take care of. That was cool. And there's this band that they're like, hey, man, your, your buddy Mantis told us about your weird earth tradition, Christmas. And we wrote a song about it. We want to see if you can talk to Star-Lord. Yeah. We want to see if you can give us some feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's legitimately one of the most enjoyable Christmas songs I've heard in forever. It was really great. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was, yeah. Written like I would. Somebody I, who doesn't get what any of it means. Right. So they're just trying to like fill in the blanks on the lyrics own. are amazing. It's hilarious. Yeah. I would listen to that outside of this, you know? Yeah. That's my point. It's yeah. like, it's a great Christmas song on its own yeah uh, <laughs> very very good and then um the whole the whole drive of the story <laughs> is craglin who's now like a, a member of the guardians he's got young yeah. Finn and shit and yeah around here. he's a cool touch he apparently marries people like everywhere they go <laughs> yeah um but yeah he's telling mantis and then the story of peter's christmas being ruined by yondu yeah right? and so mantis reveals to drax that something that i've been saying to like the two people that will still let me talk to him about Marvel about going, Oh my God, shut up. Um, mm-hmm. Is that Mantis has to be one of Peter's siblings. She has mm, to be yeah. Peter's sister. Yeah. And they confirmed that we got confirmation. So Mantis yep. tells Drax, she feels really bad because she wants Peter to, to have a happy memory. Yeah. So she wants to get him back in his Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And so she and Drax <laughs> go to earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon. Yeah. The actor. Yep. Because Peter loves Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> but they have no concept of what he was talking right. about. They, they didn't realize. These are actual stories of one person yeah. being like the guy who saved a town and the guy who like stopped Jason Voorhees, <laughs> which is hilarious because A, he died and B, yeah. it wasn't even Jason. It was right. his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so Kevin plays himself. He even talks to Kira Sedgwick on the phone, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, anyway, so they go to kidnap Kevin Bacon and it's actually Kevin Bacon playing Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's 
absolutely hilarious. It's everything's so good. And seeing Mantis, like, Mantis, Mantis and Drax, and Drax Hollywood. Yeah, they make such a good duo. Like yeah. I would watch like a whole friggin' movie of these two. Yeah, and there's um, the bit where Mantis sees one of the uh, street performers dressed like Captain America. Yeah, and she screams, oh. "Steve!" and hugs <laughs> right. him, and the guy's like, "What the?" F-? And runs away. Yeah, uh, and then. People think that Drax is playing uh, Kratos from God of War. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all posting, uh, opposing for pictures, and Mantis is carrying like handfuls of cash. Yeah. And they go spend it in a gay bar. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I love it. It's just so good. It's so ridiculous, but funny. I mean, it's James Gunn. Right. And then yeah. they kidnap Kevin Bacon and take him back to nowhere, but Mantis has to like hypnotize him to freak yeah. him out. Um, and yeah. it's just, oh, I loved it so freaking much. And then Kevin Bacon it was learns what's going on. Sings Peter a song about Christmas. Yeah. And then um, we get that great moment where he's calling his wife. First of all, the signal. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, how the hell do I get signal out of here? And they're like, oh, we got a satellite to give you a signal for like 500 million miles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or 500 but, million light years. But like he's telling his wife, like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a little late because yeah, I got to. If I'm late, one of these guys needs to learn the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> It's the cheesiest line, but she's like, okay, baby, (laughs) it's perfect because it's the kind of thing we've seen in stuff like this before, you know, like Christmas specials. I love it so much. It's Um, so tongue in cheek, but it's like perfect tone. But it's, it's, it's got a lot of heart to it, even though it's like making fun of like all that stuff. Like it it also, there's something there, you know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's a weird analogy, Yeah, but it is to Christmas specials, Mm -hmm. which Shaun of the Dead is the zombie movie. Yeah. Cause like Shaun of the Dead is a loving like it's, a, it's a fun, homage. It's, it's ripping to, on zombie movies, and then yeah. by the end, it becomes a really good zombie. It becomes movie. a really good zombie movie, right? Yeah. That, without the ripping on it, yeah. Like and so, this is kind of like that. Like yeah. it starts off as like, aren't Christmas specials stupid and goofy? And then by the end, it's like, this is a heartwarming Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. It's underhanded like <laughs> message, you know, but it works. It totally works. Yeah. There's a great scene where all the guardians are giving gifts to each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Groot, who is like. He's he's grown a lot, so he's not like the teenage group we've seen. Yeah, he's like a beefy. He's, he looks closer to OG group, but yeah. it's not the same thing. So he's a different, like yeah. different wood or something, something like, like that. Yeah. But he's great. He's yeah. very funny in it. Um, yeah, that's great. I just his saw voice is cracking. Coffin, I am group. Yeah, you hear his voice cracking yeah, like he's, he's going he's through. A young man, it's yeah. so good. I love <laughs> it. Uh, Rocket's not yeah, in it. Gross. Time, Cosmo and Rocket. Cosmo's, Cosmo's official was... member of the Guardians, which makes yep. me so fucking happy. That was cool. Love Cosmo, and they they. Quickly show that there's a bit of a rivalry between Cosmo and Rocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the characters are used perfectly, but it's really Definitely. Mantis and Drax's story. Yeah. Um, Which is great because they don't get a lot of screen time usually. Like, usually they're part of the team, but it, it was awesome to have, like, the focus on them for Right, once, and that's yeah. really, well, specifically on Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. And yeah. Pon Klimatev. Klimatev? I know was fucking butcher her last name, but she's amazing. She she's is so really good. Freaking funny. Yeah. Um, there's times where she drops her voice really low to yell at Drax. <laughs> yes. And, it makes me laugh so hard every time. Where she'd be like, yeah. I know that. Drugs. <laughs> but my last note about it is there's that scene where Kevin Bacon's in his house. Yeah. And they, they smash through the window. And he's freaking out. And like from his point of view, this is a horror movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's but it's freaks just Mantis is like running on the walls and hissing at him. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? I just I love that whole scene so much. No, it was good. Drax flips a cop car yeah. and, laughs, and he's like having fun thinking it's a game, and Mantis is just telling him all to sleep. Yeah. And Kevin Megan's like, What the fuck? Yeah. It was uh, awesome. And then when, when when Peter realizes that they've kidnapped Kevin Bacon and Mantis has like brainwashed him, his reactions are so good. And it yeah. was it was probably 
Pratt's best performance as Star-Lord since Guardians 2. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. He felt, I think he feels more at ease in that role with James Gunn there. Definitely. I think someone online said he felt wooden, but I didn't get that at all. No. I felt there was a lot of emotion going on. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was really well done. And, and it was like in the movies, the first, the Guardians movies, there's a certain level of exasperation mm-hmm. he always has with his crew. Yeah. And that comes, it doesn't really come across in Thor 4. It doesn't really come yeah. across so much in the Avengers movies. For sure. Obviously, they're barely in Avengers uh, 4, but yeah. In three, it's really more the antagonism is between the Guardians and Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man. Yeah. Um, so you get that kind of like exasperated Peter again, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about the way Gunn gets, he kind of gets these these particular versions of these characters better than he creates. For sure. So. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, it's it's great. And it uh, I think a lot of the small things mm. they introduced are yeah. gonna have big roles in Guardians Three. For sure, which I can't wait for. That trailer just dropped and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Ant Man Three dropped this trailer a little oh while ago. That Quantumania, yeah. Freaking actual Kang with the blue face <sighs> and all that. Like both so of those trailers nice. got me so hyped. Yeah. And Bill Murray's in Ant Man Three, like yeah. yay. Uh, <laughs> phase four has been interesting. They did a lot of experimentation, but I think phase five is gonna blow it out of the water. From every all the indications. Yeah, I mean it's well, phase five is the wrap up of the wait, no. Phase five is ramping towards uh six is the cause we know Yeah, yeah. right, okay, yeah, right, because we know most of phase five. Six we know FF so Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, six will wrap up the multiversal saga. Yeah, it's so, like yeah, a three four phase. Been mostly just like introducing a lot of new heroes. That's the thing. And a lot of new concepts yep. and a lot of new corners of the universe. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. It's and, it's just laying the groundwork. Right. And yep. so that's why I think it hasn't for a lot of the people that like complain about shit on the internet, not like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that thing, I think a lot of them have felt phase four has maybe been a little bit weaker. Well, they felt like it was disconnected, but well, I think yeah, we'll see how it ties have Iron Man in it. Yeah. And he was the connective tissue for right. all of the first three phases of the yep. MCU. Uh, to a lesser extent, Captain America with mm-hmm. the other, his kind of corner, but mostly Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and that version of the Avengers. But there's sure. going to be a whole new version. Like by the yeah. time Avengers 5 comes out, we're going to see probably Shang-Chi. Yeah. I imagine like Doctor Strange still. Mm-hmm. Probably Moon Knight, Ant Man, Spider Man, yeah. Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel. Heck like, yeah. It's a very different roster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Hulk, maybe She Hulk. Well, I imagine She Hulk well, for sure. Maybe Hulk. And Phase Four is also laying the groundwork for Thunderbolts, which we know is coming. So right, very. That's more like in the the street level corner, mm-hmm. and it's been like the Falcon Winter Soldier and yeah. Hawkeye. Uh, they did a lot of the groundwork for, sure. for that, and a little bit. Wakanda Forever too, but uh, I won't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, don't I can't. I am not going to spoil it. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's all good. Namor is going to be in the Thunderbolts, uh, which would make it like my most anticipated <laughs> movie all of a sudden. But I'm also very much looking forward to Thunderbolts. Um, yeah. If nothing else, to see Yelena and <laughs> the Red Guardian together again. Exactly. Rich the fact that they're even bring crazy. The fact that they're even bringing David Harbour back as Red Guardian, yeah. like that makes me so happy. And that I, right the there. The Bucky's it. in charge of it. And uh, you hear uh, Harrison Ford is, yeah, is now Thunderbolt Ross because William Hurt passed. Away. Unfortunately, yeah, well, he was there's great. A very good chance that Harrison Ford's going to be the Red Hulk. That's that's where I was going. Yeah, which yep. means we may very well see uh, Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. throwing down with Harrison Ford at some point. I really want a World War Hulk movie. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, or just you know what? They're not going to make a Hulk movie. They're not going to. Well, they're not. 
okay. they won't do it until okay. they get the full rights back. Yeah, could happen. Otherwise, Universal is going to get well. Namor, the, Universal and Namor. They too. did. They don't they did. anymore. That's what I'm saying. But they still. That's why they didn't <laughs> use Namor until now. Otherwise, yeah. Namor would have been in Phase Two. Oh, I know. I know. They would have made him an Iron Man villain. We could go all day they, about. No, they absolutely would have made him an Iron Man villain. We but, could. We could go all day about MCU talk, yeah, but that but we're going to save that for a later episode. So, we'll we move on. But more things we want to talk about before we wrap up. It feels like we're being a bummer on every episode, but our artist spotlight yes. is going to be about the late Darwin Cook. The late and great Darwin Cook. Yes. Emphasis on great. Now, Darwin, unlike Tim Sale, who we mentioned before, N- N- Neil Adams, and some of these other guys who passed away, Darwin this, didn't have as big of a library of that's mainstream. Right. Oh, he was 53. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. He's not, he's not, he's not an old man by any stretch. He's a young guy. 53 is not old. No, no. But not by not any like means. young either. He was very young at heart, though. You wouldn't think he's 53 by listening to him talk. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's like Tim Sale. He's very like, yeah, it was too great. Oh, I loved John Superman. Like, uh, But he was, no, he did a lot of like the spirit stuff for Will Eisner. Like, the, Will yeah. Eisner's spirit. He did a lot of the Parker books. Uh, some really great Batman comics. Some books for DC's solo title. But what I think he's probably most known for is uh, his his DC The New Frontier. Oh, without a doubt. Which I would also put in that pantheon of like All-Star Superman and that like the greatest DC comics of the 21st century. New Frontier is one of those works that like that'll be around 80 years from now. New Frontier. As long as there's people around. Yeah. And they can read. So The New Frontier was basically... Um, a retelling of the Silver Age DC comics kind in of, a way. Yeah, it's, they, it's, it's set in the fifties though, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's no, no, sixties no, because it, it's like early sixties, late sixties. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's JFK era sixties, yeah, 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 and the great thing is, it really that showcases what he was great at, which was old school like 60s silver age like alex ross yeah yeah exactly so great at finding but and mark wade is another guy and finding what makes those silver age characters tick yes in that iteration of those versions of the characters right showing you why they're so fucking cool and why they lasted for so long but whereas alex ross was great at at making things real like he had this realistic painting you know style yeah I don't know how else to say it. No, it's, it's realism. But, but it's yeah, he, he went for Norman Rockwell yeah. realism. Instead, Darwin Cook was very stylized, but made it look like it was of that era, of the He's 60s. He's like Matt Wagner, who he, does Grendel and a lot of yeah. the Batman stuff and Trinity, that really great Trinity story if, with Bizarro and Ray Al Ghul. Yeah. Where it's, he's a right. cartoonist first mm-hmm. yeah he's from like the will eisner school definitely it's definitely all about character and story it yes. doesn't matter if everything looks exactly right like mm-hmm. the, uh bruce tim right is a perfect darwin cook so, and bruce tim are like artistic neighbors yes they draw very 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 similar <laughs> yeah and they have a lot of the same influences like yeah. alex toth and those guys for sure um and darwin is like if you took those tim mm. verse animated cartoons the batman yes. series yeah justice league unlimited right and you turn them the spirit mm-hmm. of them into a comic book it's darwin yeah. cook it's very much like darwin yeah. cook and that's what makes he, it so great is he mm. takes the new frontier is him focusing on well he streamed characters became the versions they are yeah that we know and love definitely and he kind of streamlines it all into yes one he streamlines story it. with the circle yeah or the center that's the right center. 
And it starts with an artist going insane, a children's book artist. Yeah. Which is funny because it's clearly him. Mm-hmm. Going insane because he has this thing in his head and killing himself. Yeah, it's pretty when dark. he kills himself, it realizes like it can't talk through him anymore. So it just kind of like makes itself known and it like changes the whole For world. Sure. And like you're introduced to the Green Lantern and Mark. Yeah, Man it's Hunter. it's sort of a Hal Jordan origin story yeah, throughout. Yeah, the main character. And Barry's and a big Allen. part of it too, which is great because they were huge during that time period. So of course they, they take the center stage. Silver Age characters. Yeah. So it's the Flash and then Green Lantern. There's a lot of things I love about this story. and um, But it, the main thing is Darwin's art just pops on every single Can page. I, he also wrote it. Yeah, he did. There's so many amazing character beats that he. There really are. To me, they're like Jeff Johns. The way moments. he writes Wonder Woman is amazing. Yes, they're Jeff Johns moments where he does that thing with the character, yeah. where you feel like, oh, clearly that's been something that's always been part. But of He the reinvented character, it. Yeah, but it's something that nobody's ever done before. <laughs> and it just, just makes like, sense. Yeah. How did no one fucking think of that? Yeah. And Darwin does it. Wonder Woman's taller than Superman. Yeah, fine. right out the gate. That's right? great. Yeah, that's he such has a great to choice. Look up or fly to yep. be on her level. Yep. Yep. And. She's helping these Vietnamese women. And I love that scene. It's so fucking cool. And she gives them guns to fight back. Right. There's there's so many standout moments. Uh, Barry running to Las Vegas from. Oh, I fucking love that. And the time it takes a penny to hit the ground. Yes. He makes it to Las Vegas and punches Captain Cold in a turkey neck. (laughs) Uh, And how Mm -hmm. all the stuff with Hal is incredible. It's really, really good. Uh, He's a soldier who's never killed anybody. Right. Um, yeah. Somehow. Until he, until he does. Yeah. And it like fucks him up. Yeah. Um, it's a big part of the combat book. missions most of the time. He's flying like yeah. you know, uh, recon stuff. Well, and something we should point out is the art is, it looks like it'd be a kid-friendly book. But it's but, not a kid-friendly book. But it's not. No. It's so dark. It's adult. It's, it's very adult. much for adults. It's, it just, it has that retro Woman. style, like very, it almost looks like Super Friends well, at times. Well, so you Wonder know? Woman at one point tries to fight the big threat. Yeah. And then we don't see her again. Yeah. And then there's this scene where we're the, all our heroes are getting together at this Air Force base. That's right. We're all kind of fighting and nobody trusts each other until Superman shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Superman being Superman either uh-huh. terrifies everybody or inspires yeah. them into working together. Right, right. And while he's talking, I don't know, he draws the invisible plane flying, but you don't see any of the structure of the plane. Yeah. You can see the cockpit because Diana's blood is all over it. Yeah, so it's gross. You just see this flying bloody cockpit. It's, it's disturbing. So creative. I loved it so fucking It's great. Much. It's and, really uh, disturbing, but great. Yeah, um, yeah. At one point, you think Clark's dead. Superman's dead. Yeah. Like, that's what spurred. Flash is the hero. Martian Manhunter's the right. hero. King Faraday is yeah, a Yeah, there's a... Like, the Sergeant Rock, Rock, Sergeant Rock, Sergeant yeah, Rock like, shows up with the, yeah, and there's some great everybody. stuff. Yeah. And it's so great. Yeah. Uh, New Frontier, I actually had never read it until... Um, I went to a convention earlier mm. this year and got oh, really? that Megacon in Orlando yeah, yeah, yeah. To back in April. Oh, okay. Something like that. And I bought like the... probably $300 worth of trade paperbacks for like $60. Nice. And I got New Front Money well spent. Two for like 10 bucks total. Nice. And I don't know if I've ever spent 10 bucks better. Yeah. Uh, the art's great. It's it's but, one of my favorite DC comics of all time. Yeah, and I, w- real quick, I love what he does with Superman in that book. Not only does he give him the, sh- he's, the they're the, not. It's not the speedos that we're used to. Shorts. It's the shorts, the circus strongman, which shorts. like why why that's isn't Matt, the way Matt Wagner draws? Them. Why isn't that the standard? That's, it looks great. That's the way Matt Wagner draws it, and that's the way he was drawn. In he's the got he's got the black and the S. Yeah, all that stuff just yeah, works so well. Cool. Yeah, he he just. 
Yeah. So unfortunately, like we mentioned, Darwin passed away from, I believe it was cancer. It was cancer. It fucking was. Um, a couple years ago at this point. It's been like two years. It was ago. in 2016. Oh my I God. I just looked it Six up. Six years? Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, the last few years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Darwin, yeah. Every, yeah maybe so, that's what happened. Darwin yeah. died and the whole world went to fucking It really run. did. But um, you know, rest in peace to the guy. He's a tremendous creator. And if you've never read anything else he does, first of all, you should track down everything he did. because it, it was awesome. He didn't ever phone stuff. anything in. It's all no. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think he did some issues with Jonah Hex, the Jimmy Palmiotto. Yeah, wrote, I think you're right. Which is one of the best books DC put out in the, the early 2000s that yeah. nobody fucking read. And it's so good. He did some good Catwoman stuff. I want to say he did a Batgirl at one point. Uh, he, he did some awesome yeah, stuff. Batman Ego. One of my... One of the influential stories for the Batman movie. Right. Um, one of my personal favorites was actually an... Uh, uh, sorry, a miniseries that was part of Before Watchmen about Silk Spectre. And yeah. what was great about that one is that it took place in the 70s and all the art was psychedelic, like the covers and stuff. Like there was all this cool stuff. It was just pulled from that period. And that's what he was so good at. Like so before. So this is about the original Silk Spectre, her mom, right? Nope. Okay, so it's about her early she was, days. Yeah, early, early days. She was gotcha. like a teenager and no, stuff. It was gotcha, a whole gotcha. thing. That's cool. Uh, but there was like drugs, like there was a whole drug storyline yeah. in it and stuff. And it was it was really well done though, but the art was fantastic. A lot of the before Watchmen stuff wasn't great. We'll get we'll talk about that on another episode yeah, eventually. We'll have a Watchmen episode before long because we have yeah. lots to talk about. Oh yeah. But um those issues spe- specifically uh, Doomsday Clock. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I thought was awesome. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh but yeah, that um that was really worth checking out just for the art. Um, and so before he passed away, I, I really discovered him like right before then. Um, and DC put out all these Darwin cook covers one month Yeah, and I collected almost all of them. And then I found out he was going to be at Megacon. I brought them over and I just was like gushing about how much I loved his style and his art. And he signed a bunch of shit. And Super it's, nice guy. It's, it's those issues. I'll pro- even though they're probably worth something now, never I'll so. never yeah. part with them because they mean something. And the and he was so nice. And we had this great long conversation. And unfortunately, he passed away like a few months after that. It was shocking because no one knew. That's he didn't. He Tim didn't tell. Sale. I met Tim. He Sale was like sick. Two months before he died, I he had was, no idea. He was sick, and he didn't want anyone to know. And yeah. he, but he was having such a great time at that con. You it's know, like George, man. Yeah, George is known. Ben was coming for him it's for just, a while, or he did know for a yeah, while. It's and it's really tragic. He, we he, lost look, something. Darwin Cook, yeah. Tim Sale, yeah. and George Perez. Three guys we've talked about on this show is Who our artist all, spotlight. Yep. Unfortunately, it's tragic as fuck. They're all passed away. Yeah. All through some form of, I think all, all cancer. I want to say it was all cancer. Um, yeah. But all three of them met their ends with a smile on their face. Without a doubt. At least as far as... Yeah, the way they wanted people to remember them, mm-hmm. and and they all approach, they all we can learn something from all three of them. But the, the yeah. key thing to remember, uh, as far as our artist spotlight, is is that Darwin Cook was a tremendous creator. Oh yeah, and we recommend all of his work. Oh yeah, but particularly the one that he's going to be most remembered for, which is New Frontier, which oh, yeah. I cannot seminal. You it's even like... kind of like DC Comics, yeah. You will love this book. It's, like it's all-star Superman level good. It's definitely... I think, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I, I put it way up there on DC It's books. It's way up there. He also did an issue of Jeff Johns' early Green Lantern, which is fucking dope. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to finish up by giving our, our, our recommended reading, which we like to do. 
Um, I, who did we do last time? Do you remember? Was it Flash? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So it was Fantastic Four, and then Flash was after that. Yeah, yeah that was so, last time. All right, so today we're talking about uh, the incredible, immortal, sensational Hulk. <laughs> um, I, all right, we'll go and get this out of the way, because I've mentioned this in like nine episodes. But <laughs> the immortal Hulk. I cannot possibly recommend Al Ewing and Joe Bennett's 50-issue run of The Immortal Hulk. It is the best Hulk story I've ever read. Yeah, it's good. It is incredible. It's now, really good. that said, a few honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Anything Peter David ever did on the Hulk is worth reading. And I'll, 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 um, I'll go ahead and jump on that bandwagon as well, because I actually recently read Future Imperfect for the first time. Yes. Everyone. Perez. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. So good. So good. And yeah. like, yeah, it's a little dated because of when it it's was written. 80s. But. Early 90s, maybe. Uh, it was great. I think it's 89. It was, uh, you know, the, the freaking maestro, man. Yeah, dude. The Hulk like, is a villain. That, that was, was... The first time that had been done for real. For yeah, real. Like, yeah. Not the Hulk's a villain to yeah. the ter- people he terrorizes because he's misunderstood. But like, no, the Hulk's the fucking bad guy. I mean, everyone... also the good guy. <laughs> everyone, for years, this is just one of the storylines that I just never got around to for whatever reason. Everyone always brought up, oh yeah, Peter David's per- uh, Future Imperfect. Miracle Man for the first time. Like, <laughs> no, I oh still... my God! We'll like, do an episode about yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, no, Peter David's Hulk is um, great. And, and It held up. Yeah. It held up. Uh, um, how 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 long yeah. did you spend looking at Perez's insane art and like his? Trophy? Oh, it was fantastic. You see all the pieces of yeah. superhero memorabilia. So many Easter eggs. So many Easter eggs. It's so fucking awesome. And and just I love those alternate future storylines to begin with. And the this Professor is, Hulk being there, so yeah, he's smart, so he can like think around. This is Fighting one of the, the best. Maestro, ones. That's uh, yeah. the fact the Maestro cripples the Hulk in one punch. He breaks yeah. his neck. Yeah, and you're like, holy. Fuck, how strong yeah. is the maestro? Yeah. Basically, the older the Hulk time gets, travel. the stronger Hulk gets. Yeah. So it's the, but no, what happened was there was a nuclear war, and it made mm. him much stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't kill Hulk. Right. As we know. He's a yeah, yeah. But Hulk yeah. is Hulk. But yeah. Hulk uh, is strongest there is. is. Was in Future Perfect. What else do you got? Uh, so I do want to give a huge, huge shout out to the old Stan Lee comics. Yeah, the Jack The Kirby Incredible stuff. Hulk. Yes, with Jack Kirby. Yeah. When Hulk was gray, because... <laughs> The reason, as a lot of people know, the reason the Hulk is green is because they were having printer issues. Yeah, the gray would show the... up as a blob on the other side of the paper. <laughs> exactly. So they but that green. that original story is really good. If it's you a can horror find... story. Yeah, it's it's Frankenstein. Yeah, it's you it's, know it's Frank. It's, it's you becoming Frankenstein's yeah. monster, basically. Basically, and it's. it's... As as Stan Lee would talk about yeah, it, yeah. it's Frankenstein meets Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Through the eyes of Jack Kirby, who's maybe one yes. of the best monster artists of all time. So good. Uh, it, I mean, it really, as far as those Marvel origins, it's one of my two or three favorites. It's really it good. It still reads really well. Yeah, it's it's um, a great horror comic. I and love it, it. And it, yeah, I love all the Sal Buscema and John Buscema stuff, like the, the Herb Trimpey stuff. That's all great. Uh, yeah, Tim Sales Green story's cool. Hulk Gray. Tim Sales Hulk Gray, as we talked yeah, about last um, time. I love yeah. the uh, Startling Stories banner by Brian Azzarello and Richard Corbin. Yeah. Which is where the idea that they mention in Avengers, mm-hmm. where Banner talks about how he tried to shoot himself and the oh, yeah. pull it out. I remember you that. You see that in that book. Oh, shit. Because he wakes up after a Hulk rampage. And again, this out Was of that con- in the Arctic? It's an out of continuity Max kind of book. Yeah. Where he's, he comes, he wakes up out of a story, uh, uh, oh. Hulk rage, and he's yeah. killed like a whole town. And yeah. so Banner shoots himself in the mouth, and in mid-bullet firing, he transforms and spits the bullet out of Yeah. That's but that's, that, that story is also Hulk as a villain, as yeah. a straight monster. Right. Um, 
Yeah, there's uh, Hulk Gray is great. That's another Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, uh, the guys yeah. at Long Halloween, Daredevil, Yellow, all that. It's oh, great. And speaking that, that of tells that Jack Kirby Stan Lee stuff. And speaking of Hulk as a villain, as we talked about earlier, definitely read the Ultimates. That is a great yes. Hulk as a villain story. Volume one and two, as we mentioned, yeah. is all peak Hulk shit. <laughs> Very. Uh, I, I there's so many Hulk stories I could recommend. He's one of my favorite characters. His book is always really interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's so many arcs like the Peter David. So many stuff. different takes because there's different Zero versions. Is really cool. Yeah. The there's the Red Hulk story. stuff. The yeah. Red Hulk stuff is interesting. Yeah. The story where Doc Samson gets all Hulk's uh, associative yeah. disassociative identity disorder uh, um, uh, avatars. Oh, in subconscious and uh, Professor Hulk. Yeah, it's that's Banner, right. the the childless, childlike Green Hulk, and the smart, yeah. crafty Gray Hulk all merged together. Yeah, Mister Fix It, right? No, well, that's the Gray Hulk. Oh, it's yeah, Mr. yeah, Mister Fix It. Um, which, well, it's one of the Gray Hulks. One of. Yeah, there's like fifteen Hulks. Yeah, there. it's uh, crazy. So, so those are all great. But outside of Immortal Hulk, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, there's one we're missing. Oh, Amadeus Cho. Oh yeah, we can't we can't forget Amadeus Cho. Yeah, Amadeus <laughs> is awesome. Uh, yeah. No, there's so many Hulk. I mean, there's tons of Hulk. Okay, but sorry, I just wanted no, to no, make Amadeus is great. He's got a him. cool book, the totally awesome Hulk. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous, but yeah, it's good. And he shows up in a really cool issue where they did that old man Logan follow up where he's like in the main Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs across Amadeus thinking it's Banner. I remember that. He yeah. talked to him like it's Banner, and Amadeus had just had a run in yeah. with Doc Hen. Oh, okay. And he thinks Doc. Oh. Hen, he thinks old man Logan is Doc Hen. He just kicks him. And he knocks him through like three buildings. <laughs> yeah, it's good uh, stuff. No, but it's I wanted to talk about Greg Pak's run on the Hulk. Planet Hulk? Yes. One of the greatest Hulk stories ever told, in which the Hulk is shot off planet by Very good. the Illuminati, which is like Reed Richards and Tony Stark and Namor and Doctor mm -hmm. Strange and Professor X and Black Bolt. Yep. So because Hulk just keeps rampaging and they can't fucking stand it anymore. They, <laughs> they're trying to send him to a peaceful planet. Yeah. Something goes wrong on the satellite. Of course. Because Hulk realizes what's going on and he starts smashing shit. <laughs> And the satellite goes off course and goes to like this gladiatorial planet called Sakaar. It's basically Marvel's version of War World, right? In yeah, a way. Kind of, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and Hulk, over the course of the story, becomes the king. Mm. He's, like, he's like Conan. Yeah. The barbarian becomes King Conan by the yeah. end. Uh, some really fucked up shit happens. I cannot highly recommend Planet Hulk enough. It's one of my 10 favorite it's really good. books ever. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it has to be read. And it sets up his follow-up, which is World It sets up War. a lot of stuff. Well, it definitely does. <laughs> but, but yeah, we don't know that. Yeah, that's the true. The next follow-up, which is called World War Hulk. World War Hulk is Hulk and his group of fucking, who's at this point stronger than he's ever been by mm -hmm. a mile. Yeah. Like, he's terrifying. Yeah. He's called the World Breaker. Yeah. Because if he gets mad enough, just stepping creates enough gamma power that it creates like mm. magnitude nine earthquakes. Yeah, it's not Just a step. It's not. So you can literally take three steps and break the plant's crust in half. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so angry. Yeah. Because of the shit that happened to him is so fucked up. Yeah. So he comes back to Earth to take revenge on the Illuminati and, you know, the FF and the Avengers and the X-Men and all them aren't going to take him taking their friends and family lying down. Right. So it's... Hulk and his group of Warbound, mm -hmm. who are all almost as strong as the Hulk was yeah. on a normal day, fuck the whole Marvel Universe up. Yeah. I mean, they just ruin everybody. It's a huge event. And then from there, he wrote two books. He wrote oh, okay. Scar, Son of Hulk. Right. Who yeah. we just met the worst looking version of possible in the Yeah, NCAA. they kind of... Dude bro version of... Uh, emo, hipster dude version Scars Conan and the Hulk put together, not a fucking Starbucks barista in Los Angeles. We'll see what they do with him next yeah, but time. That's we a terrible see. look and a terrible yeah. way to introduce, new, uh, introduce right. any character. Yeah, you don't just go. 
here he is. And then like cut away. That was awful. I hated that so much, but that's another conversation. I mean, She-Hulk was good. It had its moments, but that, but that, that particular. end and you yeah. fucked up that bad, bumped yeah. me up. But I did like that episode. It was I, fun. I liked the show, so I'm not shit on the show. Yeah, that's a, that's that, for another that conversation. decision was very poor. Agreed. Um, but Scar is very fucking cool. Greg Pak wrote Scar, Son of Hulk. Yeah. And he wrote The Incredible Hulk with Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. And then they made it into Incredible Hulks. Which was yeah. Banner and hanging out with Scar. Yeah. And then Banner became Hulk again because yep. he, he got taken away when Red Hulk came out and all that shit happened. That's right. Um, Banner became Hulk again and the book became about Banner and the Red She-Hulk and yeah. Rick Jones and the he War crazy. and Scar. And it was yeah. fucking awesome. For sure. And then he, I mean, Greg Pagas had a long run on Hulk that For to sure. me is only taught mm. by Al Ewing. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. And by Peter David. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. Peter David is the best Hulk writer. Yeah. I mean, he established so much. Just through volume alone. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. But he's the one that took, like, everything you think of when you think Hulk and Banner and the relationship Mm -hmm. between them and the way Hulk works. Yeah. Is Peter David. Without a doubt. Right. Al Ewing took it a little bit more towards the Jack Kirby, like, it only comes out at night kind of thing. Which was cool. Uh, that they yeah, brought that back. Cool. Yeah. But he also worked in all the DID, the Dissociative Identity Disorder he stuff. He definitely did. And the multiple personalities and he what kinda, those he, avatars mean and how they operate. He kind of fused it he all made together. He a system out of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you can't necessarily put Al Ewing too far above Peter David because his work doesn't exist mm-hmm. without all the stuff Peter David established. Definitely. But the horror tones of Immortal Hulk, and that is a straight scary comic book. For sure. If I was a kid, that would give me nightmares. Yeah. And I was a horror. I like that they brought it back to its horror I roots, love that. though. That's yeah, it was very it cool. So well very clever, yeah. But yeah, those are, you know, again, I don't want to go on the Hulk for 45 minutes, but Immortal Hulk, Future Imperfect, Hulk Gray, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, really any of the Peter David stuff. Um, and Hulk then my the end was cool. It was. <laughs> by uh, Peter David and Dale Keown. My personal favorite Hulk storyline was actually uh, a run. That was in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, another underrated run. Uh, I want to say the first story arc was Return of the Monster. Yep. yep. But I particularly... Boiling Point was the next one. Yeah, and, it, and who was the creators on that one? I'm uh, trying to remember. It was written by Bruce Jones, uh-huh. and the art was by John Romita Jr. And then That's later, right. Uh, later, it was Mike Deodato Jr., who did like uh, yeah. Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts for Warren Ellis and stuff like that. Now, while the story arc... I mean, the storyline kind of petered out a little bit for me towards the end, it started out really strong. And this was early on when I was first getting into comics. And this was like one of the first exposures to the, the, the Hulk, the Hulk in good, comics. And, and he does a really good job with like one-off storylines that yeah. have a overarching plot in the background. So yep. you can pick up an individual issue mm-hmm. and not have to read anything else. And you're fine. Right, exactly. Beginning, middle, and end in each issue. And he does a really good job with that until, and mm-hmm. like you said, it peters out a little bit. Yeah. Weirdly enough, until he brings in the abomination, yeah, and they reveal the secret of who the Mister Blue, right? That Bruce Banner's Mister Green, yeah, like, which they stole for the movie. They stole for the movies, uh, which, which was, was cool. It, it was, was nice little touch to throw to Bruce Jones, like recognize his run. Well, um, and and but and in the comics, the reveal of that was really convoluted, yeah, and kind of contradicted some stories that had just happened, yeah. By another underrated run, Paul Jenkins and John yeah. Romita Jr. did. The Devil Hulk stuff, which is oh, fucking cool. Oh, okay. The snake-looking thing. I didn't realize that. that but became the, the... The Immortal Hulk is the Devil Hulk. But he doesn't yeah, look yeah. like the snake thing anymore. Right. Because Banner accepted him. For sure. Uh, but that's the Devil Hulk. And that Paul Jenkins created him. 
Um, but that's another one. But yeah, anyway, uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Bruce Jones, John Romita Jr., and then later Mike Dave Dotter Jr., and he focused on like the a mixture of the old Bill Bixby TV show. Where yeah. Like always can't stay in one place. Well, that was that was the great thing that really drew me in was that it was it was Banner on the run. Yes. And it was it was like the government was hunting him. Yes. And I just, I really love. Sometimes loved... you don't even see Hulk. No, yeah, yeah. there'd be whole issues, like three or four well, issues, but and you wouldn't see it. You'd see Banner waking You'd up see the, the aftermath, aftermath yeah. which was a really cool approach. But I like that, like there was that part where he had stubble. Yeah, and like I think the Hulk had yeah. stubble. He, no, he had a shaved head, and the Hulk had a shaved head. Yeah, so he shaved. Yeah, yeah. at one point he shaved. He, he looks like changes appearance. He looks like what's his face from Breaking Bad. Yeah, at one like point Walter White. he looked yeah. like Walter White, but then the Hulk was bald, yeah. which was really kind of creepy yeah. in a way. Um, uh, and John Romita Jr. is the perfect artist for the Hulk. It was, sometimes. yeah, uh, but the it was unnerving. Uh, remember that, that issue that that's that first few issues where yeah, Hulk, Banner sees the, this gang like fucking with that kid. Yes, yeah. And so he just goes over like this smirk on his face and tells these guys who are all armed to the teeth like to fuck yeah. him off, and they go to attack him, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to like another subplot, and then it comes to like this other subplot with this local police department. Yeah, and they drive by the shit that we just saw Banner, and yep. it's like the whole alley is like a disaster. Yep, and the like a tornado like, came. The through. dudes are like wrapped up in rebar and shit. Yep. And they're all I lo- fucked up. And I there's love one that guy, moment. like the only one who's conscious. Yeah. He's got like broken legs, and he's like, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. <laughs> yes, he can't even say the word. Yeah, and that's how it ends. And you're like, yeah, that was the best. That was yeah. so good. Um. <laughs> Real quick, there was one particular issue that really left an impression on me early on out of that run, and it was enough said yes. issue. They did that for a whole month. They did it for multiple Almost, titles. Yeah, like seven or eight of Marvel's Marvel's of Marvel's <laughs> major books at yeah. least, if not more. There was a bunch of them. I think enough said month where basically it had. I think no, there was a Venom issue as well. And well, the most famous one is the new X Men yeah. Psychic. Uh, rescue yeah. issue with yeah. Emma Frost and Jean Grey. That was great. Too. But there was a Spider-Man one. There's a Hulk yep. one. Daredevil, of course. Of course. Um, which yeah. was, they did Echo for that yeah. one, which makes perfect sense. That was awesome. That X-Men was awesome. X-Men only had one line of dialogue and it was the very last page. Really? And it was, Charles Xavier had a twin sister that he murdered in the room. We need to talk. <laughs> that's right. I that was about that. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, weird that's one. That's where the Cassandra Nova came. But that, that was Graham Morrison. fucking crazy. We've talked about it before. It's, it's a whole thing. I could do a whole, I should do a whole episode. You should. Um, um, and astonishing, but, but that uh, enough said issue of Hulk, said Hulk was great. Was great. That's the one that had the metronome so, thing, right? Where yes, he falls asleep yep. and he pictures the metronome becoming Betty on right. the beach. Yeah, and then it turns into Doc Samson. Right. Well, so so this was very rare for comics, especially at that time where it was there was no dialogue. Yeah, none. Throughout the entire, through, it was all visual, but it wasn't. But it worked the so pencilers well. Pencilers didn't take. It wasn't like just make the pencil do all the work and the writer gets paid no. too. Like they made the writers and the pencilers work very closely together yeah. on these. For so sure, they're all good. Yeah, and if you find any, and they have a little stamp on the cover that says "Nuff said." Yep. I remember the Spider-Man one is a painted cover where he's got his hand over a burglar's mouth yeah. from behind. The guy looks terrified. Yeah, and it makes Spider-Man look like a horror kid. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. That's great. Uh, but if you see that "Nuff said" stamp, I recommend picking up the issue. Uh-huh. It's from an era where you probably aren't going to spend more than three or four bucks on the book no. anyway, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be affordable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very the Hulk one stood out. I remember Definitely. that very highly. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Comic Zombie. I appreciate you sticking with us through our exploration of Marvel's early 21st century experiment, the Ultimate Universe. Hope you check out some Darwin cookbooks. And as always, Darwin cookbooks. 
some books by Darwin Cook. And as always, uh, check out anything we talk about in our uh, recommended reading. Read more comic books is always my recommendation. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll join us next time. We're going to be uh, trying to meet up at some point in the future uh, with our old buddy Zach Derby to discuss phase three of the MCU, as well as our good friend Jimmy Lester to discuss uh, a lot of stuff, particularly the boys TV show uh, and and some other some Star Wars stuff and things like that. Uh, so we've got some content coming your way. We've got another solo episode we dropping here soon, and uh, we'll we'll try to get you know everything as consistent as we can. It's hard when you live out in the country and don't have any freaking internet half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but check us out over at comiczombie.net. Uh, you should check out Eric's articles that he's been posting about uh, Sin City. We're always trying to post as much content over there as we can, and we'll be dropping as many episodes as we can. Now, in some really good news, we've got some new episodes coming out of Epic Fails, so be sure to check out epicfails.com, uh, E-P-I-K-Fails.com. You can also find Eric over on social media, uh, at Eric Slater on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, Eric with a K, Slater with a D. Uh, you can find us uh, over Comic Zombie on Facebook, Instagram, Comic Zombie 2 on Twitter, and we're on Discord as well. Uh, also, uh, Eric dropped a new book. So right. please feel free to check it out. It's called $22.99. It's fucking awesome. It's uh, like a, a noir style. I finished it, by the way. I really That's liked it. No, it's like a, a noir style. I wanted a sequel. Uh, yeah, there will be. Yay! Uh, so be sure to check out twenty three hundred. When no, but twenty two ninety nine. It's like a, it's like a, a film noir detective style story, in in like a futuristic, um, almost Star Trekian, Star Warsian, without it being derivative of a ripoff. It's very cool. I, if you like detective stories, noir stories, and or science fiction, highly recommended. It. It's uh, on audible.com. It's an audiobook that Eric himself narrates and does a really good job of. You won't even like, you'll be like, that's Eric? What the fuck? It's really cool. He sounds like a professional like audiobook reader. Uh, and of course, over on Amazon as an ebook, right? I don't, that's was right. it published as uh, a yeah, physical yeah. copy as well? Or? Uh, paperback, hardcover, and. Uh, Perfect. All right. I'm, I'm going to buy a hardcover. Uh, it's fucking dope, though. You should check it out. And uh, I listened to the audiobook and I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I'm not an audiobook person. <laughs> Um, and I'm not just saying that because he's my buddy. I really liked it. But you guys check it out. Um, $22.99. Does it cost $22.99? Because if it doesn't, you missed out. I uh, know. No, I'm just joking. The but the book is $2.99. Yeah, the book is called $22.99. Uh, again, author Eric Slater. Eric with a K, Slater with a D. Please check it out. Until then, same copyright. No, that's fucking terrible. <clears throat> Until then, same copyright infringement time. Same copyright infringement channel. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>